Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly and apparently sometimes even daily podcast looking at the IMDb's top 250 and sometimes bottom 100 movies of all time. Continuing our Shark Week coverage with a discussion of Joel's Jaws 3D or just Jaws 3 to its friends, the 75th worst movie of all time. I'm your host, Darren Mooney, and joining me as always is my co-host, Andrew Quinn. How are you, Andrew? Excellent, Darren. Thank you very much. Very happy to be joining you and our guests. Fantastic. And joining us for this discussion, as she has throughout the week, our co-host for this Shark Week coverage of the Jaws film, film, film franchise. I will get there eventually. The wonderful Emma Kiley. How are you, Emma? Delighted to be back for... A very interesting film. Um, <laughs> lots to talk about. Very excited to get into it. <laughs> very diplomatically chosen words, yeah. I think, given how you spoke about Jaws 3 last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. And joining us as a guest for this discussion, the fantastic Joey Kyo. How are you, Joey? I love sharks. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. <laughs> <laughs> oh we need to know well have you picked the right episode to guest on hell yeah <laughs> so joey actually just as a guest so as as kind of like your first time talking on this shark week podcast that we are apparently hosting um just a little bit about your love of sharks and in particular like shark movies and shark exploitation movies and maybe like the original jaws as well and like had you seen jaws 3 or jaws 3d before i text you and said joey <laughs> You're a person who knows a lot about <clears throat> horror. Do you like sharks? So I had, unfortunately. I saw it a few years ago. Um, and the only things I remembered were the inside shot from the mouth and the little yellow submarine. And everything else, it was like I was seeing it for the first time. So lucky me. Do, do you know, just before we talk about the movie in more depth, it's worth noting those two things that you remember... The shot from inside the shark's mouth was apparently a Spielberg idea that Joe Elves, who'd been production designer on the original Jaws, stole for this movie. He's like, Spielberg didn't do it in Jaws. He said he would, but he never did. And I love that it's like the one shot that you remember from Jaws 3 is cribbed from Spielberg's notes. But in terms of like, so your interest in, in kind of sharks and shark exploitation cinema. So like, how does how does Jaws and, and Jaws 3D kind of fit within that? So obviously Jaws is the greatest shark movie of all time, but I love bad shark movies too so the least like the most implausible the better like i just saw the trailer for um the reef what is it the reef stranded or something no the reef stalked and you know it's one of those ones where they've just spliced in real footage of a great white just swimming around like going going about its business and then they just have people screaming and it's clearly like that shark (laughs) is probably like in a different ocean like it's nowhere near them so I love those. Um, but obviously, look, Jaws is the best shark movie ever made. I love Deep Blue Sea. I'm like the biggest Deep Blue Sea defender in the world. And then The Shallows more recently. Like that is just a, a, such a great shark exploitation movie. Um, but sharks are also like my biggest fear, <laughs> even though it makes no sense because obviously I live in Ireland. So like, what do we have? Like basking sharks. <laughs> but uh, yes, I just, it's it's a weird kind of, I don't know, it's like facing my fear, but even when they're not scary, even when they're really stupid, I still, I get so scared watching them, just like the dangling feet in the water and stuff. Like that just really gets me. So yeah. Those, those low angle shots through the surface of water yes. is basically an easy way to scare an I, audience. Sorry, Andy. It is. I think it's in, it's encouraging that great whites aren't, uh, well, they are terrifying. Mm. I've I've been underwater, kind of like in one of those 
those um, uh, cages? Cage, cages with you have? Uh, a great white before. Actually, <gasps> I'm buried the lead. I never mentioned yeah, this on the second episode. <laughs> I love that we got to Jaws 3 and it's like, I have something to drop about but Shark Week. They are terrifying, but they, the, the movies make them more terrifying mm. than, they are, than they are an actual fact. So you could probably make a, um, like, if you just made uh, basking sharks, like, more terrifying than they are <laughs> i mean you might have to you might have a bit more work to do but um due to the ma- magic of filmmaking you could probably probably splice some shots of people screaming <laughs> <laughs> yeah that kind of like re- editing trick where you just show the reaction to the shark i mean and then you just be basking in reflected glory really see what i did oh, that's that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. um actually but, um, okay maybe i did mention this on our jaws episode like Maybe you Five did, but we don't ago. know. Now we're, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, now we're tied to it. Now, I have um, to go listen to that. <laughs> but Emma, now listeners last listeners on Tuesday, if they've been paying careful attention to the subtext of your comments, you know, maybe you buried it quite deep. I think you were very neutral when you were on the subject of Jaws 3. They may have detected a little antagonism towards it. I think when you when you said that you love all of the Jaws movies, I think you were very quick to say, except Jaws 3D. So how do you feel about Jaws 3? It's undoubtedly the worst in the franchise. Like, I will come for anyone who disagrees. It is so bad. But... It, like, I, I disagree! Mean, well, worse, than, <laughs> worse than the revenge? Seriously? I will defend the revenge until the day I die. No, like, it's Honestly, fun, think... but it doesn't make any sense that the shark follows them. Like, what? Why would it do that? <laughs> the more implausible, the better. I thought you said, Joey. Where's yes, that sentiment no. gone? <laughs> No, I love it. I'm just saying I don't think it's necessarily yeah. the worst. Like I think they're kind of all after I, after one almost. It's just like a steep drop. Just like no. Yeah, I just it does such a disservice to the characters that the first two set up. Not that Michael and Sean were the best characters ever, or like mm. you know we're going to remember them, but it's so stupid. But it's, it's not fun. It's that's it. It's not like. Shark Attack Spring Break, which is obviously such a dumb film, but it's so fun to watch. Yeah. I watched this again. I was really excited. I hadn't seen it in years. And I was like, great, you know, bit of young Dennis Quaid, bit of me. Oh, no, it felt so flat. You didn't get any of that kind of like schlocky enjoyment that you, you should get from a shark film. It's not an enjoyable film. I'm not like, obviously, it's a bad film. That's not really up for debate. <laughs> but it's not fun to watch, which is where I think The Revenge is. And loads of other bad shark films. They're fun to watch. But not the same for Jaws 3D, in my Bit opinion. Bit of me. That's a Love Island reference, isn't it? I, I now understand this. <laughs> is it? Oh, yeah, that's a bit of me. What, is that a Love Island thing? It is, yes. No, no, that's a Gen Z thing. It must have, like, filtered so much into the kind of, into the Culture. cultural consciousness that, 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 um, that it's now kind of, like... Um, online but yeah I think that is a Love Island thing but this no. is a lovely goon uh, <laughs> that, that we're talking about today there is an island presumably though right or, or, or what kind of a thing is it is is it like a um, like an atoll where there's like a little ring that goes around the lagoon and well that was one of the big not to get too spoilery talking about Jaws 3D <laughs> which is set in SeaWorld and features the shark coming inland to feast on SeaWorld. Uh, one of the big logistical issues that they faced when making the movie was that SeaWorld has no actual connection or access to the ocean. So they had to figure out a way to get the shark into the physical space of SeaWorld, which is inland in Florida. 
Um, so that's why it appears to be separated from the ocean by a single gate, um, which is is not how the real sea world is is laid out. Sorry, that's movie magic right there. But apparently <laughs> they were filming the movie and editing the movie when they realized that they didn't have that footage and needed it because this is a very haphazard production. In case people haven't figured that out, no, nobody's fe- no nobody's watching this thinking this is the actual sea world though, are they? But the, the, this well, is it is, it is actual sea world. Is it? But yes, they, yes, SeaWorld were a partner on this. Like, they shot on location in SeaWorld. But no, it, it's like Broussard <laughs> has um, launched his own kind of... Um, yes, yes, it's under the um, kind of brand SeaWorld, but, it, but, it, but, but, but the SeaWorld in Florida isn't... Um, uh, like you know, run by this guy. A, and it's not a the shark, same place. a shark feeding frenzy. I mean, I feel like this is something to get into in the spoiler zone. But yeah, no, a lot of the stuff that's promoted in this movie is actual Sea World attractions in Florida. This is very much like a logical exploitation. We talked last week about how like Jaws two arrived at the perfect moment for product placement to come into films. Jaws three is the most logical extension of that, <laughs> where the theme park where everyone is getting massacred and eaten by a shark actually exists and is SeaWorld and you can visit it at any time you want and see the underwater kingdom uh, when they presumably repair it after the shark attack featured in this movie. Um, it's it's a very interesting choice, but we'll get to that in a second. In terms of like, just just in terms of Emma's dislike of Jaws 3, it's notable that you are, you are not alone uh, in that, to be absolutely clear. You're not alone in thinking it the worst of the Jaws movies. When they released Jaws the Revenge, they initially wanted to call Jaws the Revenge Jaws 1987, so they wouldn't have to call it Jaws 4, so they wouldn't have to acknowledge there had been a Jaws 3. A lot of the early press material that was sent out to film critics included the line, the epic conclusion to the Jaws trilogy uh, for Jaws the Revenge. Um, Joseph Sargent, director of the Revenge, is actually quoted in the LA Times saying, we're hoping everyone will have forgotten Jaws 3D. That's why we're not calling this one Jaws 4. And Sid Scheinberg, the head of Universal Pictures, who's been a recurring fixture of this podcast miniseries, just came out like in press for Jaws 4 and was like, yeah, Jaws 3 was a pretty bad movie, which is a great way to convince people to see your fourth Jaws movie. Um, AMC apparently aired it in heavy rotation in 2005, along with movies like Lionheart, Smokey and the Bandit 2 and G.I. Jane. And that apparently generated enough controversy on the message boards and via snail mail that it became a New York Times story about how AMC was running down the toilet because they were airing Jaws 3, that it was single-handedly driving the, the channel's reputation into the ground. Whoa. So yeah, Jaws, Jaws 3... Um, not not necessarily well loved by anybody who who had worked on it to be to be AMC or IFC AMC oh oh do do they also own those theaters were, were yes, they one yes, of those they do, yeah. uh, uh, stonks um, <laughs> is that the Nicole year? Kidman yes. chain you know, what do you know Nicole Kidman she has that iconic yes. video oh classic i'm wondering like when tom cruise sneaks in to go to like you know the way tom cruise sneaks in disguise <laughs> to see every one of movie. us yeah does does he go to amc and does he sit through the nicole kidman ad every time <laughs> or does he arrange to be like outside buying popcorn i'd say he loves it i'd say he's still in love with her i have to say uh, i'd say he loves it c- careful there mr 60 minutes interviewer from australia um <laughs> tom, Hello, cruise, tom cruise will have to put you in your place <laughs> sorry i'll shut up now he loves movies just, just uh, movies just, yeah just, just generally can't pick, can't, pick, can't yeah. pick a favorite one all right so just very quickly in terms of an introduction to jaws 3d actually before before we jump into this so joey and emma you had both obviously seen jaws 3 before this podcast have either of you seen it in 3d 
No. No. Never. Unfortunately. Okay. I would love to. I'm sure it's much more powerful in 3D. Like, let's oh, be yeah. honest. Right? It's got to be. Wow. I'm, I'm just guessing, Darren, that for me, I think a lot of, I feel like a lot of the problems that a person might have with the movie might be solved by putting on 3D glasses. <laughs> like in that it makes it a lot harder to see the movie it makes it darker and murkier well you're, um, you're looking no, at no. it at, at time like like i didn't watch it in 3d either you're looking at it thinking like oh yeah this is supposed to be a 3d moment and it like right now watching the movie it looks terrible but i'm sure in 3d this is really like whoa it's coming right for me you know <laughs> where, yeah. where it feels it kind of like where there's a lot of kind of really dodgy rotoscoping. Yes, there's a yeah. lot of heavy black outlines yes. around objects as they're coming there's towards you. There's some unforgivable kind of VFX um, st- uh, uh, stuff in oh. it. Um, oh, yeah, Joey mentioned the yellow submarine. Yes. Like there's a moment oh, where yeah. that turns around and the front of it disappears <laughs> because they it's didn't like properly it's in render a, it. Like a Zoom call. <laughs> 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 like and has a background Parts of on. it are missing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so very, very quickly, just in terms of, like, Jaws 3. Um, so they did initially, they approached Spielberg to come back. He said no. Um, they, they they approached uh, Roy Scheider, um, who apparently during press for Jaws 2, and I love this quote because this is the obligatory inappropriate smoking. When he was asked about the possibility of Jaws 3 during the press tour for Jaws 2, Roy exhaled a cloud of cigarette smoke at the thought of the movie and laughed. Mephistopheles couldn't talk me into Jaws 3, he said, taking another puff. Um, they apparently couldn't talk Lorraine uh, Gray, who was, or Gary, who was married to the head of Universal Studios, into coming back for this movie, which gives you a sense of how troubled it was. Um, they had difficulty finding a pitch for the movie originally. I think that Brown and Zanuck, the producers, originally wanted to make, and this is quite interesting, the original pitch for Jaws was that it was going to be Jaws 3 people zero huh. and it was going to be a spoof I've heard this. of the jo- you've heard this, this yeah. 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 yeah it's going to be a spoof of the jaws franchise that would be about making a sequel to jaws except the production is menaced by a great white shark and instead of like the mayor of amity being the guy who's like we can't shut down the beaches we can't shut down the beaches it'd be a producer who's like we can't shut down production we can't shut down production I'd love to see that. apparently they had like written a cameo in there for spielberg to play the director working on the movie if he wanted uh, and they'd actually got like joe dante who had been like pegged as the possible director because dante had done piranha which was one of the more successful uh kind of rip-offs of jaws or jaws exploitation movies in fact like um dante was a favorite of spielberg because i think spielberg had like universal had tried to stop the release of piranha um but until spielberg came and said no actually dante's a talented filmmaker you should let him make his little jaws ripoff mm. um this project got pretty far along uh they actually had like john hughes the the obviously the writer director of movies like say 16 candles for example ferris bueller's day off the breakfast club he was attached to scriptwriter, him and a bunch of other Mad Magazine people. And apparently, like, the opening scene was going to be, like, Jaws novelist Peter Benchley gets attacked and killed by the shark in his own private swimming pool in the opening scene in an obvious riff on the opening scene of Jaws. <laughs> apparently, Jaws 3 People Zero, and we'll see if we can include links to the show notes, uh, ended up running aground when Spielberg found out about it and apparently stormed into the office of Sid Scheinberg, the head of Universal, and was like, look, if you make this movie, if you make a movie spoofing Jaws, um, I will walk away from Universal. I will take my ball and go home. And given that like Spielberg was responsible for E.T., the highest grossing movie of all time that had been released by Universal in 1982, they were like, you know what? 
maybe we shouldn't make Jaws three people. You make some good points, Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently, as Brown and Zanuck had no idea uh, what to do with it. Shocker. Um, and and so again, this kind of like again talking about these Jaws movies uh, in sequence in quick succession, it's kind of like journeying very quickly through Hollywood's relationship w- with sequels. As we mentioned, like last week, Jaws two is one of like arguably the first proper Hollywood sequel uh, in the sense of like being a, a kind of like what sequels would become, ignoring movies like, say, The Godfather Part Two or whatever, or even The Empire Strikes Back a couple of years later. Um, it's much more kind of grubby affair. And then here you have like what we talked about when we talked about Superman for The Quest for Peace, which is like the studio has this valuable intellectual property. It can't figure out what to do with it. It has no real value or purpose to it. It doesn't see it as anything intrinsically valuable of itself. It just wants to generate more material using it. So what happens is that you end up with uh, Brown and Zanuck and and Universal as well, Sid Sheinberg, basically farming out the Jaws franchise and approaching uh, Alan Landsberg. Um, who was a TV producer. He'd been responsible for shows like In Search Of, which is regarded as like one of the four, well, you know, one of the core or earliest reality television shows. And that's incredible as well. Uh, he'd produced the TV movie The Jane Mansfield Story, which had been like Arnold Schwarzenegger's or one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's big breaks. So he was brought in with no real experience of making movies whatsoever. And maybe we'll talk about that in a moment. But they basically handed over the idea of like, do you want to make Jaws 3 to Alan Landsberg? And I think that's probably why we mentioned like Sid Sheinberg and Universal being happy to like disregard Jaws 3. I think the fact that it wasn't produced in-house made it kind of easier uh, to do that. Mm. Then around the same time, John Landis, who is like at that stage kind of ascendant in terms of his career. This movie's released in 1983, which is the, the year in which The Twilight Zone happens That is a whole other kettle of fish involving John Landis. Again, links to the show notes. We're not going to get into that. But Landis had come to Universal in 1982 and had said... He did, um... Teenage... uh, Yeah. Teenage Werewolf? Or American Werewolf in Paris? American Werewolf in Paris, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. He didn't also do the Teenage Werewolf movie. (laughs) The Michael J. Fox Teen Wolf. No, he did not do Michael J. Fox Teen Wolf. No. Um, But, so... Landis came to Universal and he was like, how about you guys make a 3D version of the creature from the Black Lagoon? And how about you use that to like, you know, give the director, I think it was Jack Arnold who directed the original creature from the Black Lagoon, like a chance to like make the movie that he always wanted to make and like pay him properly, compensate him for the work that he's done for Universal over the years. And he like, he shows footage um, to like Sid Sheinberg in 3D, where it's apparently like, it's the creature underwater reaching its hand up to attack a swimmer from underwater. Sid Sheinberg um, responds by going to Landis, this is amazing, this is incredible, but we shouldn't do this with the creature, we're going to do it with Jaws. And that was apparently like, how the creature from the Black Lagoon ended, how like Jack Arnold's career ended and how Landis was like, you completely misunderstood what I was trying to do. <laughs> now, uh, that that's one story about how uh, they say that this ended up being a 3D movie. Uh, we should also note that director Joe Alves, who obviously worked as a production designer on the original Jaws and, and shot second unit stuff on Jaws 2, he claims that he was the guy who came up with the idea of shooting it in 3D. Apparently, he'd been working uh, with Brown and Zanuck on a movie called The Ninja in Japan. And when he got back to Hollywood, he discovered that they're making Jaws 3 and the production was a bit of a mess. So he said, look, what can I do to help out? And and while they were touring kind of SeaWorld to get a sense of the place, uh, Alves and writer Richard Matheson apparently saw an exhibit of underwater 3D photography and they loved the kind of depth of it. And they said, actually, this would be a kind of a cool 
way of doing it. Apparently, the exhibit in, in question was uh, at the Marine Land of Florida, featuring a 23-minute 70-millimeter 3D documentary called Sea Dream by Murray Lerner. Uh, and apparently, when they suggested this idea, um, they, so they approached Murray Lerner himself to say, would you mind directing this? Would you like to direct Jaws 3D? And apparently, he was offended that they even bothered to ask him. <laughs> so naturally, it ended up going back to, to Elves as, uh, as director. Um, and that's basically why it ended up in 3D. Now, this was around the time that Hollywood was having a weird flirtation reviving 3D. Mm off the back of um and again joey's probably an expert in this in terms of the the horror movies but this was off the back of coming at you which was a 1981 exploitation spaghetti western um i watched it in 3d for this because of course (laughs) um it's a movie where every three seconds something is coming at you where like the opening credits consist of a guy pointing a gun at the camera picking up a carrot pointing it at the camera picking up a coin and flicking it at the camera um there are like does it have any plot (laughs) no 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 it it has absolutely no plot whatsoever like there's a moment where a mother holds a series of things coming at you (laughs) coming at you like it's exactly what it says on the tip there's a moment where like a mother picks up a baby and the baby's bottom is coming at you um it's very much like very gimmicky uh, very much like you know exactly what you're getting. There's a moment where like how did yeah, it must n- be difficult. Is it a motion picture? Like it, it, is is it a feature? Like <laughs> oh, it is. It's 71 minutes, just about. You know, they, how how do they heighten for? How how do you escalate? How do you escalate from that? But I mean, like there's there's a moment. It's In a, the baby's bottom. Is that the end? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the climax. Of no, it. they would. No, there's a moment where. <laughs> They never would. And it's coming at you. Um, but there is, there's like a moment where like the women who have been kidnapped by the banditos in this stereotypical spaghetti western are like locked in a bell tower. And then for five minutes, they're attacked by bats. So the bats are coming at you as well. And it has no relevance to the plot whatsoever. But it's very much like, look at 3D, look at what it's doing. So this gets released. It costs next to no money. It makes a shed load at the box office and Hollywood takes notice. So you get this huge wave in 82 and 83 of Hollywood going, can we bring back 3D? And you get a whole bunch of releases, including movies like, say, Parasite, for example. Not the Bong Joon-ho movie, but the movie that launched Demi Moore's career. And you get Hollywood realizing, well, look... And this is the famous story about, I think it's John Hitzig, uh, the producer on this, is like, I didn't want to make Jaws, but I went to a really good pitch making meeting with Sid Sheinberg, where, and again, James Cameron was obviously taking notes, where Sid Sheinberg wrote down Jaws 3. And Hitzig was like, I don't, I don't think I don't think people are ready. I don't think people want another Jaws movie. I don't think I've got, there's no appetite there. And then Sheinberg takes a marker. And he writes D next to the three. And hits six like, damn it, Sheinberg. And the second D. <laughs> no, that's Piranha. That's, Piranha. That's, that's, that's another entry on the bottom 100, which we may have to cover at some point. Um, but yeah, so that like that's how this happens. But you have a wave of horror movies, including Hollywood realizes that it's got a lot of threequels coming up. We mentioned in Jaws 2, Hollywood was getting to embrace sequels and that they were becoming the new in thing. It takes so long between Jaws 2 and Jaws 3 that like Hollywood has like had a splurge of threequels coming out. So like this is the same summer as Superman it's 3. It's the same time, isn't it? It's like 75 to 79, 79 83. It's 75 to 78 and 78 to uh, 83. So it's 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 going 3 to 5. Oh, do you mean like the production? Yeah. No, no, the the actual release. So like Jaws oh. 2 was released in 78. 
Not 79. Oh, okay. Uh, no, Apocalypse Now comes out in 1979. Ah. Um, I can understand why you confuse them two. They're both Vietnam movies. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so like by the time Jaws 3D comes out, you've got like Superman 3 releasing the same summer. And they realize that there are a bunch of horror movie threequels that are coming out that they can just stick a D on the end and just kind of like make a shed load of money. So it's the year after, I believe... Is it uh, Friday the 13th Part 3D? Mm-hmm. And it is the same year as the release of Amityville 3D, which is, as a nice bookend to this, if this is the start of Dennis Quaid's career, Amityville 3D is the start of Meg Ryan's career. So you have a nice oh. bit of uh, oh, uh, symmetry there going on. Um, the fad doesn't last. Uh, it, it crashes and burns. But yeah, this is a movie that was uh, made for 3D. And... I don't know much about the technical process, Darren says, before he goes on to talk about the technical process, as if he does. <laughs> but I, I found a bunch of notes uh, from people talking about the 3D that was used here. And apparently they couldn't decide on the format that they were going to use for 3D. They originally started shooting in stereoscope, which is two lenses, two cameras. Um, and the idea is it captures the depth of field. It's traditionally how 3D has been shot. After 11 days or two weeks, they decide that that's not going to work. So they decide to use what's called Arriva Vision, I think it's called. Um... And that is an approach that involves a single camera lens and a single 35 millimeter film print. And it prints the two images on half of the print. Um, and the, the appeal of that approach is that A, it just has one lens. B, you only need half as much ca- a reel to shoot it. And C, you can actually project it from an ordinary projector without needing a special enhancement. So it's the cheapest option to do 3D, surprising nobody who has watched Jaws 3D. <laughs> the downside of this approach and this is kind of important in understanding a question i think people may have which is why does jaws 3d look as awful as it does is because when you watch jaws 3d in two dimensions you are literally only watching half of the print um so the image has only half of the quality that you would expect from a film print which is why it is if you watched in 2d particularly grainy and murky and dark and uh particularly uncomfortable to watch blurry around yes. the edges and blurring around the edges out of focus and there's a lot of dirt and there's a lot of like a lot of pixelation it looks like even when you watch it in hd as well i think even in just like boring shots of people in crowds like before you go underwater and stuff but yeah it's it's not a not a good approach and like you have a bunch of people talking about how even 3d was a bad approach so you have like joe elves who's the director of this this is the only movie joe elves ever directed Mm. uh we talked last week about how like when john hancock was fired from jaws 2 they wanted to replace him with joe elves and verna fields and the dga said no um but elves apparently is like yeah 3d is a terrible idea for a movie about a shark because a shark has like a dorsal fin that you can't fit in the frame (laughs) So you can't frame a shark in three dimensions convincingly without cutting off the, the frame at the top so it doesn't work. You have people like, um, is it sorry, like Janet Maslin arguing that like the problem with a third mo- doing Jaws 3 in 3D is that so much of this movie is exposition and people sitting at tables and talking, which doesn't lend itself to 3D either. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a really, really good letter that Walter Murch, uh, who we talked about when we talked about the conversation, sound editor, uh, editor, um, who wrote to like RogerEbert.com during the recent uh, 3D boom, the kind of like 2009 post-Avatar 3D boom. And he he made an argument about how as an editor, working with 3D is a challenge because you can't use many of the language kind of tools or shortcuts of regular two-dimensional cinema. So, for example, um, 
many of the angles that you would use in two-dimensional cinema to make the shot look interesting or compelling or kind of visually striking, you can't always use those in 3D because when you put them in three dimensions, they become disorienting and headache-inducing and like <laughs> difficult for the brain to process. So you're limited to using more conventional kind of head-on shots to avoid making the audience feel seasick. And then also even things like the, the basic editing rhythm of your, your movie, where if you're shooting in 3D and you're editing very quickly, you'll give your audience a migraine because it takes your brain longer to adjust to a three-dimensional image than it does to a two-dimensional image. And this is a, a problem when you're making a horror film, which traditionally like relies on editing and quick cuts to be effective. And it also, you know, perhaps contributes to some of these movies or some of like Jaws 3D feeling quite slow and languid in places because so many of its shots are very static, they're very still, and they run very long as compared to what you expect from a horror movie. Um, which is, you know, I think a problem fundamentally. And then when you, you take away the 3D, obviously what you're left with is a movie that doesn't use any good camera angles and tends to have long static shots and so isn't particularly thrilling uh, or particularly interesting. Mm. And yeah, even the studio itself was apparently massively, massively disappointed with how it turned out in 3D. Um, so yeah, so yeah, not not uh, not a good movie or not, not the best approach uh, kind of forever. But anyway, all right, so... Before we jump into the spoiler zone, before we talk about the movie in a bit more depth, three questions to get us started. <laughs> so, Emma, do you think Jaws 3D belongs on a list of the 100 worst movies ever made? Oh, like, I think it's shite. I think it's terrible. But, out of the, every film ever made, no. I don't think so. I don't think it belongs in the worst 100 films ever made. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, the VFX are absolutely chronic. But I feel like you could definitely find 100 more worst films than it, I think. All right. And Joey, what about yourself? Does this belong list the 100 worst movies ever made? I agree with Emma. I think there's much, much worse out there. I mean, yes, it looks bad and sounds bad and makes no sense and feels much longer than it is. But the performances are reasonably okay. I mean, this is Leah Thompson's debut. That's pretty great. exciting, you know, and she's great. And Dennis Quaid is great, even though I hear he was messed up on coke the whole time, um, which I can't really see in his performance. So good for him. <laughs> um, but yeah, It's not really a high energy uh, no. kind of performance. <laughs> he, he does smoke constantly, though. I love when he's doing yeah. something else. And then all of a sudden he lifts up his hand and he's got a cigarette and you're thinking or he just exhales. And yeah. suddenly there's this <laughs> plume of smoke. You're like, you were smoking this whole time. <laughs> Where did that happen? Um, but yeah, no, I think there is much, much worse out there. Like it's watchable. It's not enjoyable, but it's watchable. Um, which is which is a hell of a threshold there. Andrew, what what about yourself? Do you think this movie belongs on the list of the 100 worst movies ever made? I don't think it does. I I I I actually enjoyed this far more than I did um, Jaws two. Ooh, I Jaws two. can't see Emma's face. It is an audio medium, but we'll, oh we'll God, jump back to so Emma so for commentary in a moment. The 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 um, it like like the it Jaws two had a lot of the kind of um bad um effects um that but but that this 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 movie is i think kind of like ambitious in the way that like a lot of sequels are you know in 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 the sense of like make it uh 
make it bigger and make it you know a um, like it's a theme park this time. So you're you're it, you're increasing the It's a high concept stakes. movie. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Where where it's it's um it's a, it's it like it's a lot like Jurassic Park really, and it's it's interesting that like that was the only thing that was um, that would that, that that Steven Spielberg had to do with it um, in a way um, be, because of that kind of legacy. Um, no, I thought there were some very interesting shots. I think Joey mentioned it from 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 inside mm. the, um, the 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 shark. I think I think there's some some good um, performances. Um, I I I agree that Leah Thompson is good. I I, I thought Dennis Quaid was decent. I think you've kind of Lou Gossett Jr. doing the kind of Lou Gossett Jr. thing. Yeah, he's great. Right after he won the Oscar. Like, exactly for an officer and a gentleman. Made, yeah, <laughs> wow. and apparently he was on the set like doing impressions, like which was great. Like he was like whenever he made eye contact with somebody, he did like the officer and the gentleman thing. <laughs> apparently he was great fun to be around. Oh, and yeah, it's it, it's um, and I I I I think the characters are kind of um, um interesting not like great characters but kind of maybe uh memorable like the the, the um the you know you, you 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 have some quite kind of um unlikable people who get kind of likable i i i i think fitzroy's kind of it walks an interesting line where he's it just seems like an utterly like um the uh, deplorable guy but then he feels like he's kind of like he's 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 on everyone's side and they're all in it kind of together and it it um there's a good sense kind of um of um this being a a a, a kind of like a movie about uh, um teamwork and of people kind of um pulling together and kind of overcoming things and and i i i, I thought it was it was far less boring than um than than Jaws two. And I, I really didn't care about any of those kids in, in, in Jaws two at all. Like the uh, We should note by the way that Philip Fitzroy is played by Simon McCorkendale, who is Manimal himself. Whoa. Um just to provide Who is Manimal? Manimal, the cult nineteen eighty three T V series about a man who can turn into any animal he chooses. <laughs> How are you not all over this, Andrew? Manimal. <laughs> it ran eight episodes. Um, it's it's like it's a beloved artifact of like really really quirky American TV. Okay, um, uh, I do not really. Date. It's it's it, it's um, uh, it was. It feels it was, like an it, inspiration it, for that. What's that Jack Black like? It was meant to, thing. No, it, he 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 was it, it was meant to be Roy Scheider. It was like Roy Scheider was just a normal guy. <laughs> we're, we're we're confusing with Rob Schneider again. We aren't. <laughs> but oh Emma, God! So you look like you had a very strong reaction to Andrew saying that this is a better movie than Jaws two. So I feel like it's it's necessary to give some space to to that to you if you want. I just I find no sorry. Obviously, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Don't get me wrong. I just I do find that really shocking. Like you have. Brody and you have the original cast back in the second one you have like a lot of things to unpack in it it does a lot of service to its characters to carrying the trauma through that's my biggest 
gripe with Jaws 3 is that it's like Michael and Sean have gone through the most traumatising childhood a child could go through. And then they're like, oh, let's go for a dip. Like, or, oh, dad, you say, like, it completely... It like it doesn't care about the characters at all. No, it the doesn't. The script doesn't. It's, oh, wait, it, Jaws it's, it does, but I don't. <laughs> like as 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 in like I'm, I'm 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 very happy to see kind of to see uh, Brody, but I don't care about his kids. I care a bit more about his wife. Yeah. Um. But the, the n- n- none of the teens for me in um, it, I I just found them all really annoying. <laughs> um, where whereas like I I care about the um, the kids here, and there doesn't seem like the same judgment about them getting the ride. Um, <laughs> it feels like a more fun um, movie in that sense. Um, it doesn't have this weird kind of um, uh, moralizing. You would have to see the hook I, up. I don't now you're so. going to get eaten by a shark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you they, dared to put a blanket on a boat. Now you're going to be scarred for life, and your boyfriend's going to be eaten by a monster. Um, Jaws well, is the horniest. I, it is the horniest. I will give it that. And like that stands for something. Yeah, and 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 it it's it's it's. I think it's it's like all of the the three Jaws movies. I guess are kind of a, like a little bit horny, but the. Um, I will say, um, I think I, for me, the best thing about Jaws two is the is the subtitle, like uh, just when you thought it was afraid to go, uh, go back. Safe to go back in the water. Um, oh. And the, well, okay, the, well, just, this this one is the third dimension is terror. Yes, which is I think that that tagline got used quite a lot for again for I think that may also been used for Friday the Thirteenth or Amityville three D or Parasite or any number of similar kind of like three D horror movies. To be clear, I mean the just third dimension to, to, is anguish <laughs> or, or like um, fright. Uh, the th- I like the, the third dimension is anguish for Michael Haneke's a more three D. The experience. third dimension was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> um, here, here's just to, to kind of like to settle or to split the difference between Andrew and, and Emma there. It's worth noting that like the Brody kids were not in the original pitch for this movie. Um, Roy Matheson, who wrote the screenplay for this movie, uh, famous science fiction writer, uh, wrote a whole bunch of really, really, really great stuff, including the t- several, you know, multiple Twilight Zone episodes, many Twilight Zone episodes. Um, he came up with the whole big Sea World concept and stuff like that, and he was like very excited about that. And Universal were like, "We have, we have two two notes for you on this." First is we want the characters to be the kids from the original Jaws, and it's like, how does that even work chronologically? Like, we don't, we don't. It's care. a bad like, note. Yeah, yeah. Make, like it, it, fe- it feels like um, it's it's just like the tiniest little overture to to the, the to the first two movies, and just to get get people to do that thing. I think it would it would. Um, I think if you if you just kind of ignore that. Um, and think of them as as uh, as 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 these two people, and don't think of them as the the, the Brody children. Um, like it it it's it's much more kind of forgivable. Well, I mean, um, it feels perfunctory how they're 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 Brody's kids. Oh yeah, well, I mean, Sean Brody shows up like wearing a cowboy hat because he's moved out west and stuff, and like Mike Brody, who has not moved out west, is played by Texan actor Dennis Quaid. So he <laughs> seems like he comes from like the western states or lives in Florida full time. That neither of those characters are actors scream New England in no. any way, shape, yeah, or form. Martha's point. Vineyard or Amityville, which is or Amity, sorry, 
but it's not clear who they are right off the bat. Like I hadn't yeah. seen Jaws in a while. So that until someone, until he kind of made a reference to Amity, I was like, oh, okay. Like, Did he not make a big deal of being like Michael Brody? I feel like I remembered that. Someone's did he like, say the surname? I think someone's like, you need to... He says Brody. He does say Brody. Oh, and you don't know which Brody it is. So you're kind of like, exactly. oh my God, is Roy Scheider going to show <laughs> is, up? Is Roy Scheider going to ride up on a jet ski? Um, <laughs> I love that shot of him just opening up the jet ski. Like, again, it's very hard to make a dramatic, impactful exit on a jet ski to be <laughs> yeah. there in short shorts. Um, but like... Do He's going to have to go o- find that jet ski afterwards. It's like, <laughs> I... Like it's not tied to anything. It's not more it's just like drifting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, he just, just kind drifting. of like gets off and right onto the thing. And... Um, but okay, so and then the second note that they had for for Roy Matheson when he was writing this, and he did manage to overrule this one. Luckily enough, is they wanted it to be the same shark from Jaws two, complete with like the Bernie scar marks from the climax of Jaws two. They're like, we want the shark in Jaws three to be the same shark just hunting the Brody kids. And he was like, no, no, that I will not do. I will give you the Brody kids, by which I mean I will do a control F uh, replacement <laughs> on some names in the script, yeah. but I will not give you the shark monster uh, from Jaws 2, complete with like two face esque scars on the side of its face. But like, uh, was which- it? But it's a shark. It's not Michael Myers. Like, it's not, I don't, like, oh, he's been through some stuff. Like, what? How would we even, I mean, obviously we would see that, but nobody else is going to see it unless he pops out of the water. So what's the point? Oh, it's the same one. <gasps> like, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're underwater, but nobody except the Brody twins has experienced it. So it's yeah. just a weird conversation piece where it's like, why is that shark's face all messed up? I don't know. <laughs> I recognize that want. shark. <laughs> like, it's the same one. Get out of the water. I think it, it comes across fine if you just give the shark a few lines. That's true. Uh, That's true. Yeah. It's me. I'm back. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. All that's all you need. You yeah. thought you the got third rid of dimension me. is terror. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. An elegant solution to all the script huh? problems. Yeah. <laughs> what if the shark could talk? Question mark. Just a little Scheinberg bit. Just raises. Just yeah, just raises Not too much. Yeah. Or do a homeward bound um, on it, like we can hear their thoughts. Like that isn't too left field, you know. I'd watch the it. voice inside its head. Yeah. Kind of narrative was. We should mention as well, it was also produced by Alan Landsberg, um, who was known for television and whose only other film credit to this point was Porky's 2 The Next Day. And apparently his big script note for Roy Matheson was that he insisted on a role for Mickey Rooney. Wow. Uh, unfortunately, Mickey Rooney turned out to be not available. So Matheson had to take out the role that he wrote specifically for Mickey Rooney into the script. Um, so this gives a sense of like how the production of this movie kind of came about um but to andrew's point there actually because andrew made the point there about like this being a high concept movie and a clean break this is one of the things that i think matheson has said he liked about being asked to write jaws 3 was that like and here's the quote it's like i much prefer to write the second sequel to a popular film than the first sequel when you're writing the first sequel you're bound to directly follow what happened in the original film but when you do the second film you can make a deviation I think that like when Janet Maslin was reviewing, uh, I think it was Amityville, she was saying that like one of the reasons why 3D doesn't work is because like for a second, for a first sequel, it's always just like do the first movie again. Do the same thing you did in the first movie. Bring back as many of the original cast as you can. Just repeat the set pieces and do all that sort of stuff. But with the third film, as Andrew said, you have to escalate. And we'll talk a little bit about maybe how this movie escalates in some particular ways. But that means that you have to spend a lot of time doing explaining and setup and stuff that doesn't really work in 3D. And for myself, 
I don't really think this is one of the worst 100 movies uh, mm. ever made. I think it's pretty bad. I don't know if it's so bad it's good. I also don't know if it's so bad that it's irredeemable. I mean, I when I talked about Jaws 2, my touchstone was like, are these better or worse than the Jurassic Park sequels? Mm. And I am not sure that Jaws 3, for all of its problems, all of its many, many, many problems, is any worse than like Jurassic World or Jurassic World Dominion. You would probably have to convince me that before I would say that this belongs to the list of 100 worst movies ever made. All right. So, and Emma, would this be on your own bottom 100, your own 100 least favorite movies? It could, I, you know, least favorite is different to I think it's terrible. Like, you know, it doesn't objectify women all that much. There's no <laughs> rape. Like, you have to give That's it true. that. Like, the bar is on the floor, but like, it doesn't do a big disservice to any minority you know, no, like I don't think it'd be well. Ugh, no, it's I do. Pride think it's Week bad. as well at the at at, at Sea World. With the flags, yeah. we do see the flags at at Sea World. Yeah, and I saw a video today, and they said like with Calvin that you can hear journalists talk about Calvin being like, and we don't want to talk about his colorful past. So like a bit of queer coding, like thank in the early eighties. Thank you. So no, I don't think it's in my top. I think it's probably one of the worst films I've ever seen, but I wouldn't call it my least favorite. If you can see the distinction, yeah. I think you said that the other three Jaws movies would be in your own personal 250, your own 250 favorite 100%. movies. 100%. Including The Revenge. 100%. So how near does this get to that? Like, does this is this like scraping at the bottom of your 250 or is this nowhere in the conversation for you, Emma? No, I think, I think when you love a film when you're younger and then you kind of see it for all its faults, you still kind of have to give it that merit for when you loved it when you were younger and I loved all the Jaws's I always the third was always my least favorite but I still really enjoyed it so when I watch I do have that memory of kind of loving it as a kid so I guess for that reason yeah it probably is scraping at the bottom a bit but yeah no 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 it's trying it's trying to get in it's trying to get in but the gates are closing too quickly on Emma's two top 250 movies exactly Unfortunately, the team were working overtime to get the mechanic working there. Um, and- there's a little, there's, there's, there's this beefcake guy called Shelby Overman. <laughs> I do love Overman and griping like- about overtime. I like that as well. Like it's like, but and sadly, he never gets to utter the phrase "it's overtime," which feels like it's like that's like the big moment you're waiting for at the climax, where Beefcake punches the shark, and it's like it's overtime. They did him dirty. They needed to be more kind of like predator style kind of. And then a serial you know, killer girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need to be more greased up. The camera needed to objectify him more as well. Scary. He was probably, it probably meant that he wasn't as, fra- as afraid of the shark <laughs> as he could have been <laughs> if, he, if, if he hadn't been exposed to like a very, yeah, um, very violent <laughs> Well, yeah, per, it it is suggested that perhaps she, there there are reasons for her ire. Um, yes, yeah, which we will come to in the spoiler zone. <laughs> and Joey, would this be on your own least favorite one hundred films? Your the one hundred films you like least? No, definitely not. Like Emma makes a good point, especially with horror movies. I sit through a lot of just women being tortured, women being raped, and it's just horrible and exploitative, and it goes on forever. So it doesn't have any of that. I mean, the lead, that blonde lady. I'm sorry, I don't know her name, <laughs> which is bad of me. Catherine Morgan, played by Bess Armstrong, I think. That's the one. Um, I, to be fair, the characters in Jaws 3 are not exactly classics in the genre, yeah. I think. No, but she is kind of, you know, she's a self-sufficient woman. You know what I mean? She's got, 
she's got a lot of gumption. She really cares about her job. Like, I love the kind of conservationist element to it as well, even though with SeaWorld, that's kind of a joke, but whatever. Um, but no, worst movies I've ever seen. No, definitely not. Unfortunately, and, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of crap. <laughs> how does it rank in the shark exploitation canon for you? So is this like, is this better than say the Sharknado movies? See, that's, kind of like- that's an interesting question. Cause I like, so I've watched a lot of these. Like I watched one recently called, I don't know how to pronounce it, like the Requeen with um, Alicia Silverstone, God bless her. And how like with, with that movie, they have, they've CGI'd the water. So the water doesn't even look convincing. And there just isn't enough shark. They seem to think that we care more about this crumbling relationship than we do about seeing the shark. Like, I need to see a lot of shark. This movie doesn't have enough shark, but it has, you know, a decent amount. So where it ranks, God, there are so many of them. But it's it's definitely not down near the bottom. You know what I mean? Like, I love the Sharknado movies. I think those movies are so fun and they know exactly what they are. You know what I mean? They're not trying to be anything different and there's nothing uh, there's nothing cynical about them I mean as they went on they were kind of like give us money but and it was like here's all the celebrities you know they look terrible the sharks aren't convincing but they're fun you know so if no this definitely wouldn't be among the worst it definitely isn't among the best either but it's probably middle of the road if you compare it to something like the Requeen where it's like I don't even see the shark where is the shark when is it coming (laughs) I think I think at one stage they did consider like there are various like crazy theories you read about like what the special effects team wanted to do for Jaws 3D. One of the ideas was that they wanted to use like as you mentioned documentary footage of sharks mm. and just like that was that what they were going to do. The other thing they suggested which I kind of like want to see in an art house sense mm. is they wanted to use real sharks and dummy people, mechanical people. Interesting. Um for the which seemed like an interesting inversion, mm. but I'm sure somebody talked them out of it at a various point. Um one of the reasons why they shot in SeaWorld was because, again, Joe Alves, who was working as production designer at the time, was like, we've had difficulty with saltwater with the past two films. The saltwater corrodes the gears on working on a shark, on like a mechanical shark. So if we shoot in a location that is not saltwater, we can shoot with a mechanical shark for the first time. So that is, that's why it's, that's one of the reasons why they said they wanted to do it in a place like SeaWorld, mm. where it was fresh water and where it was a more controllable environment. And um, I think it is, I I feel like it's a decent shark as well. Like with, the, with the first, <laughs> with the first me? job. Have you seen I, Deep Blue Sea? Excuse me. Best no, mechanical I, I, sharks have I mean, ever been put on film was Deep Blue Sea because they were massive. What are those engines called from the planes? Seven, seven seventies. Seven seven Rolls Royce kind of, yeah. Massive, the, beautiful. The way they glide through the water, oh, perfect. Because I, I think that the, it was a problem with the first and I think the second movie that the that the, um, that the shark couldn't really do much, yeah. and that they had to kind of you know be creative with how mm. how they were going to use it. Whereas this kind of, it's not it. Um, it's not terrific, but I think if it if it were the prop from the first or second movie, I think it it would have been even even less kind of forgiving. It can um, bite though. It kind of just when someone gets in its mouth, mouth, it kind of just closed. sticks there. Does. Yeah, the mouth. Yeah. Will, the mouth is open most of the time, much like a basking shark. It's just yeah. kind of going around <laughs> like it's hungry. <laughs> it's waiting for people to swim into. It exactly, it's, it's kind of a lazy shark. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Andrew, would this be on your own least favorite 100 movies? Would this get a ticket to Bad Movie Island? 
it wouldn't be I, I, I don't think it's one of the worst 100 movies I, I've ever seen it would get a ticket to Bad Movie Island because mm. um, I, 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 I think it's, it's it's fun you know there's some kind of like um, the, some uh, decent action the kind of setting is um, is interesting there's some uh, um, like like we've said there's some quite good um, performances. There's some very good gore, I thought. Um, There's a lot of, like, there is a lot of, like, floaty stuff and red clouds and stuff, which is quite surprising for, like, a... Some, compared to, like, Jaws and Jaws 2. Some of the, the like, when I, when I say gore, there's, like, a particular uh, bit of gore that I, that, I, that, I, that, I, that I thought was decent. It was, like, what Rob Botton, obligatory Robocop reference, would be proud of. Um, one one of the kind of corpses. I don't think it spoils it too much to say that people die. That there is a corpse in this <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, and for myself, uh, probably not. I don't think this is one of the worst one hundred movies that I've I've ever seen. Um, I don't think it's particularly good. Uh, I don't think it's it's particularly great. And I do think that if you are going to see it, see it in three D. Um, that is yes. the best way to see it. Uh, it is a movie that's very much designed for three D, and it's a movie that I think suffers. I think. I think one of the reasons why it's on the bottom 100, because, uh, like, when it was released, the reviews were kind of, like, tepid. Like, the reviews were, like, I think that, like, Janet Maslin was on Team Andrew, uh, to pick an example there, where she was like, look, it's not great, but at least it's better than Jaws 2, um, <laughs> was, like, the New York Times' review of this. Oh, my God. There we go. Oh, there it is. Uh, this Park is the second biggest star of this movie, which is yeah. no match for Jaws, but probably no worse than Jaws 2. It is harmless, but unsurprising. That was the New York Times review of Jaws 3 when it came out. And I suspect that a large part of the reason why its reputation has soured uh, is because this was a movie that was not designed for home media. It was not designed for a post-theatrical yeah. yeah. market. It was never shot. The photography is terrible. The VFX is yeah, terrible. Yeah, it's, terrible. It's all blurred around the edges. Like it's a, all copy a, and paste. Kind of, yeah. yeah, I'm kind of discounting... Um, some 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 of that stuff because I'm imagining that it is somewhat better in 3D, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, no it, like it's 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 a movie that like was designed to be seen in 3D with no expectation because again it was 1983, uh, home media was just getting started. Nobody was really expecting that it would take off in the way that it did. Betamax and VHS were still kind of fighting for control of the market, and it was like nobody really thought these movies were going to be permanent in any way, shape, or form. So it was like designed to be seen in 3D and in 3D only. And I think when you watch it in 3D, it's fine. It's a it's a schlock fest. It's it's yeah. it, it is what it is. Like as if even if you watch it in 2D, you're aware that there are things that are being put in your line of vision mm. uh, with the expectation that if you were watching in 3D, it would be like you could touch them. Mm. It it's you know it's very trashy. It knows what it's doing. It's not good. But I think that the reason why it's so hated is because when you watch it in 2D, like the flatness really jumps out at you and it's just really not designed for that. It's like, it's like trying to, I don't know, watch a book or something. It's trying to fast forward a book or trying to, you know, I don't know, listen to a CD on a tape deck or something like that. Sorry, Andrew. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say the, 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 the thing about it being schlocky, it, it, like it's, it's a kind of um, over the top sort of Bond villain um, hideout. Sort of like set, <laughs> set, um, uh, yeah. setting of it, which 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 I thought was kind of um, 
kind of like you know just just um just a little bit fun like it's 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 nothing like um Jaws, Jaws. or Jaws 2. Yeah, <laughs> or even yeah. Jaws 2. Like, again, like, Jaws 2 has this kind of, like, character-driven story about a man who's come home from an experience that has fundamentally changed him, has been driven insane by, like, trauma and guilt. And then Jaws 3 is like, yeah, there's a rich dude who has, like, an underwater lair and he's going to fight a shark uh, in a theme park. <laughs> it's like, sure, fine. I, I guess you know what this movie is. Um, so I'll kind of go along with that. But yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's particularly good, but I think it, it's I think its reputation is largely down to the fact that this is a movie that was designed to be seen one way and is now next to impossible to see that way. I had to import a Blu-ray from, I think, Italy to watch this in 3D. I also had to find a 3D television and a 3D Blu-ray player, which is also quite tough as well. It is very hard to see this the way that anybody intended it to. And that's not a recommendation. That's not a blanket recommendation, which is like, you should do it and it'll be a transformatory experience. (laughs) It's like, no, if you have to watch Jaws 3D, you should watch it in 3D, but you don't have to watch Jaws 3D. All right, then. And final question before we jump into the spoiler zone, uh, kind of jumping off that, I guess. Emma, if listeners have not seen Jaws, be it Jaws, sorry, Jaws 3, be it Jaws 3 or Jaws 3D, would you recommend that they pause the podcast and stream it to a local device? Yeah, like, I feel like I said this in Jaws 2, I can't even remember it. Like, I recommend watching the Jaws franchise. I never say, you need to see Jaws 3. I say, you should watch all the Jaws films. There's a clear difference. I think, you know, you could so watch 1, 2 in The Revenge and no problem whatsoever, as, you know, we know, because they literally want to forget about it. But yeah, I think it's fun. I also think, you know, a lot of people love Back to the Future. It is cool to see the likes of like Leia Thompson and Dennis Quaid get like, they kind of have their early-ish career debut. So, oh God, like, yeah, like, but you, that's the thing, the thing. I wouldn't be like, you can't listen to this podcast. There's no real spoilers. Like there's going to be this massive twist. But yeah, I, I would, but I only if, like as part of the whole collective of the films, not a, but for its own kind of specific identity, if you know what I mean. All right. And Joey, what about yourself? Would you recommend that listeners pause the podcast and watch Jaws 3 or Jaws 3D? I think it depends how much you love shark movies. If you're like me and you'll just watch anything, then yeah, I would say watch (laughs) it. (laughs) I mean, look, Jaws is the top. We're never going to, these movies were never going to top Jaws. So if you approach it with that in mind and kind of, you know, let it off easy a little bit because of the VFX, then I think you're going to have a good time with it. All right. And Andrew? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think if you approach it like that, um, it can be a lot of fun. That the, the, um, it, it's a movie that that, um, like we say, um, has this um kind of perfunctory sort of overture to to the first two movies, but actually, it's it, it is very little reverence for the um kind of feel. Of, of of those movies and I think that's to its credit because it, it's not going to be um as as as, as good as uh, Jaws it's like impossible on on like especially especially if you're not bringing back kind of um like the, the yeah it it's it's um it's we're still it, waiting for like the Jaws like a sequel starring you know Richard Dreyfus while he's still around because he's somehow managed to avoid being killed off even <laughs> that's right yeah 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 um but I I I, I, th- I think I think it it this movie does a, d- a decent job in in the in the kind of like the social dynamics of uh, um of the characters within within the movie I think there's a, a, a fair amount of kind of um, interest in what they're doing and how um, and how they're going to get by 
Um, so yeah, yeah, I'd, 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 I would recommend it. How about how about yourself, Darren? Uh, the very lucas form <laughs> of recommendations, where I think I'm kind of in team Emma here, where it's like if you're watching all of the Jaws movies to follow along with the fact that we are covering all of the Jaws movies, then yes. But I think it is maybe the least essential of the three, or sorry, of the four, in that, sorry, I almost fell into the Jaws, the revenge, the epic conclusion of the Jaws trilogy trap there. Um, But I think it is the least satisfying of the the four, uh, maybe, in terms of, like, I think one is obviously a masterpiece, two is a solid enough sequel as far as those sorts of sequels go. Three, I think, is is inessential, and and kind of it does have some pacing issues, and its special effects are not great, and it's hard to watch as they intended it to. And I think Jaws the Revenge is worth watching because it's it's Jaws the Revenge. Uh, So I think that, yeah, you know, watch it if you're watching the whole set. But this would be, if you want to drop one because it's a busy week and you only have time to watch three shark-related movies, then yeah, maybe... maybe (laughs) And also listen to four podcasts. And also listen to four podcast episodes. (laughs) Or five. Maybe drop... Five, yeah, because we're, we're we're rounding out uh, Shack Week, but um, which is what they call it up in Martha's Vineyard or in Boston. Anyway, um, so yes, I would say yeah, watch it if you're watching all the Jaws movies. He played for uh, the if- Celtics, um, Shaq. Um, so they would call him Shaq. We'll save that for Saturday. Save that for Saturday. Um, with that in mind, we will segue neatly into the spoiler zone. So, Joey, what is Jaws 3 or Jaws 3D about for you? Oh, God, me? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, There's a load of people working at SeaWorld and a shark gets in there uh, because of some gates, as we've previously mentioned. Uh, The gates weren't closed properly, which is also kind of a thing in Deep Blue Sea, except it's like the gates, they think the gates aren't high enough, but then it turns out the shark's been chewing through the gates. Um... But yeah, the shark kind of goes on a rampage and there's all these visitors in there and they have to get them out. But I think Andrew's right. I think this movie's about teamwork and, you know, the importance of working together to sort out a really, really intense problem. That's what it is at its core. <laughs> it's a story as a triumph of, of human endeavor. I've got kind of like success. And it is worth noting that like, Andrew mentioned there is a sense of clear escalation here yeah. where like Jaws 2 is very much like, okay, let's do Jaws again, but like, with like one third of the main cast. There is a sense of escalation here, like from the from the opening scene, which is opening with like nine water skiers kind mm. of like being there. And you're like, are they all going to get eaten by the shark? Is this going to be a feeding frenzy? Which is very much an escalation of like one famous scene from Jaws 2. But it's also Jaws 3 doesn't just have one shark. It has two sharks. Yeah. Uh, which feels very much like it's kind of a, like it's Richard Matheson going, OK, it's a sequel. We have to raise the stakes somehow. So you have the basic plot device of, oh, my God, the first shark that they find is actually the baby. And then the mother is is kind of what ends up hunting the, the shark. Mama. And, <laughs> and and actually, Emma, I think you mentioned this when we talked about Jaws, too. So it probably might be worth mentioning to you because you, you said that, like, are all the sharks in the Jaws franchise female? And is there a subtext there? Is that something that you find interesting? Because I think you you mentioned or alluded to it last week, or sorry, two days ago. Yeah, I, I, I always find it interesting because obviously being obsessed with Jaws when I was younger and, you know, there's that really famous, not really famous, but, you know, in the first one, Robert or Quinn says it's a 25 footer or something. And I always was like, oh my God, like, does that really exist? And my mom was like, no, that's too big, too big. And then found out there are 25 footer great whites and they're all women because great mm. white females get bigger than men. 
icons. So I then came to the conclusion that all the sharks in Jaws films have to be female. I know that it's like said that it's the sharks female in this one. But in the first two, it's like, oh, that son of a or him or he or whatever. And it's like, His name is sorry. Bruce. Now, look, I don't know what pronouns the shark uses. Yeah, the shark's called Bruce. But no, I guarantee you it's a Brucette. I don't know the shark self-identifies as Bruce, though, Andrew. I feel like that's just a label. That's right. Yeah, people just call her Bruce. No, sorry. Not like slagging pronouns or anything. But like, it's definitely a woman. So stop referring to it as a man. It's They're all female. I'm convinced. Well, yeah, and it does end up as text in kind of Jaws 3, where you end up with the shark's mother kind of like tracking <laughs> down and seeming to again like it's weird how like jaws the revenge like when you hear about jaws the revenge in abstract which is the idea of the shark avenging itself on the family that killed it you're like that is an absurd premise for the movie but then you like you watch the jaws franchise kind of tiptoe up to it slowly so like in the second movie you have brody go now shark couldn't like summon another shark to like finish its business could it it's like no that would be insane <laughs> and then jaws 3 is like yeah but what if we did like <laughs> Friday the 13th, but with a shark, where it's a shark mummy avenging itself on these, like, sexy young camp adults counselors. who have killed... Yeah, yeah, who have <laughs> basically camped. They are, like, they're wearing short shorts and t-shirts. And they're, except like, they're, the except they're, they're doctors of, of, of like, um, marine biology. zoology. Yeah, marine biology. They'd, um, I do, I, I, I do, I do think Kay is, is, um, is a is a decent character. I I I kind of agree with some of the stuff that's been said. I think she is a compassionate person working in SeaWorld. Uh, the yes, movie yes. is yeah. clear that like SeaWorld is is a terrible place. Yeah, she's too good <laughs> for SeaWorld. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that, she, the, she she um she she does have the the um kind of um bizarre idea to 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 have like a captive um, great white, but I, she does care about the welfare. Um, and well, I think part of the part of the idea is to stop them from killing it, at least, or at least that's what it seems to be in context. Is that she's like, okay, well, don't yeah. kill it then. Mm. Exactly, so this she's, is the solution that she has. She's maybe reconciled herself with the kind of commercial kind of aspects of her job, and she's trying to kind of um, make the kind of arguments that they can understand in order to protect the life of this shark. Um, I guess if you're being if you're being sympathetic, and I think she is a sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. Um, I like as well that she's kind of like that. She 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 mightn't go off to um, to, to well. She she's she, like um, it, it would be it would be wild to ask her to go off to Venezuela um, with with Mike, but um, I think she kind of allows us. Uh, uh, um, the the guy, um, what what you call it, Fitzroyce, is like a well, like, like he he seems like a misogynist pig, but she kind of um, flirts with him anyway. I think there 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 there's some kind of um, suggestion. Maybe that's not part of my behavior. Yeah, she doesn't say like, oh, I I, I have um, I have a boyfriend, which 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 kind of suggests that she's kind of like you know a. a um, um, a little bit kind of uh, free or uh, or that there's something kind of like in, enlightened about that and there's never a sense of like hey that's my girl yeah um, you know and that and, and, and that she's kind of um, not really tied down because they they haven't really gotten serious I think this movie it changes mm. obviously 
because I mean, of the shark. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, shark, yeah. The shark is a great relationship counselor that we kind of we have there. Um, and and Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, the, on, on the teamwork thing. Yeah, in the in 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 the first movie, they don't work together. They're they're kind of like frustrating each other's efforts and kind of you know not sticking almost to, sabotaging to the plan yeah, and sabotaging each other. Um, and in the second movie, they're like playing hooky. Um, and well, in the um, second movie, it's just one guy. It's not really a team. It's like a bunch of kids who are lost, and then one dude who has to go rescue them in a boat. Yeah, and there's he also there's there's always and then he leaves the, his wife behind and then does it anyway. And there's always this kind of antagonism with the kind of Maravons of the world. Whereas yeah. whereas in this there's some kind of um I think hope to minimize the um <laughs> the <civilian laughs> casualties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or maybe kind of like there there is a little bit of PR, but nobody is denying um, that these sharks are there or that something ought to be done about it. Yeah. There's an element of, yes, exit. Everybody exit. Now, no reason why. Don't ask why you're <laughs> exiting. Just exit. Just exit as quickly as possible. But p- people are all kind of rowing in the same direction on this, um, which 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 makes it a very different movie. Again, part of me suspects that's the sea world of it. Now, Carl Gottlieb, who came in and who did a script polish on, who gets an and credit on the screenplay, who worked on all of the Jaws movies or the previous two Jaws movies anyway, he said that Sea World had absolutely no notes about how they were portrayed in the movie. Um, that they did not set the. <laughs> Joey's wincing there. She looks skeptical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But apparently, no, apparently like SeaWorld were hands off. You can use, you can shoot on location. You can use all of our assets. We'll provide extras and stuff like that. We don't have any notes about how you portray the park. But it, it's really interesting that like, if you look at Jaws 3 and you compare it to Jaws 1 and Jaws 2, are the rough archetypes of the characters as they exist. Like the character of Calvin Bouchard, who is played by Luke Gossett Jr., who is this eccentric millionaire slash billionaire entrepreneur figure who basically seems to be operating and controlling the park. Like by the logic of these sorts of movies, he's the guy who is either going to turn out to be a coward turn out to be selfless, who's going to cover up the deaths of people due to sharks, or is going to try and save his own skin and possibly doom everybody else in the process. It's really interesting that as the movie goes on, like, while he retains this kind of, like, colourful persona and is very dramatic and is maybe not entirely selfless, he still, like, he pulls an employee to safety at the Mm, climax of the movie, and he survives. Like, when the shark attacks the command centre, despite not having any, like, breathing equipment on him, he manages to, like, swim to safety, and you even get a line at the end saying that, oh yeah, Brochard got out okay. It's really interesting. That feels like the most SeaWorld-esque kind of, like, nod that we have, which is just, SeaWorld's not operated by evil people. Why would mm-hmm. you think SeaWorld's operated well, by evil people? He his nephew. His nephew gets eaten, and he's like, sorry, and he goes and saves someone else. That was a bit weird. <laughs> but to, to be fair, that line was apparently ad-libbed by Lou Gossett Jr. Um, so <laughs> that kid was not his nephew until Lou Gossett Jr. decided he was his nephew. It's definitely, oh. it's definitely not his sister's... Um, <laughs> He's uh, not a blood our, relation. Our, our brother. Yeah, exactly. This is clearly like nephew-in-law. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, you, I got you the job as a favor. Like, you know... Because my, my, my brother or my sister wouldn't shut up. So you got the job. Not that there's... <laughs> of course, there, there's nothing actually kind of lesser about in-laws. It's just that it's a cliche. You know, I feel like in the world of the movie. Yeah. But yeah, but like, it, it, Brashad doesn't seem like an awful person. He actually comes across better than like Vaughn does, I would argue, in at least the first draws. Yeah. I, 
like I I do think it's um there 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 is like enough evil kind of like in 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 Sea World where it, where you know where where you feel like um I don't think Sea World were that involved because and like you say that they didn't really notice um and they could have um but neither neither does it necessarily pander to the idea of them being um all good because um yeah. But because this is a movie about a shark that like murders people in SeaWorld, which is like the kind of concept that you imagine SeaWorld would be like, I'm not sure we want the brand associated with this. We don't want people to think about being eaten by sharks in SeaWorld. We want to think about people eating sharks at SeaWorld. Maybe if they hate money, <laughs> <laughs> they would be like, the... but like this feels like a real draw. To it. Well, I it's think like the... the... The people who are visiting SeaWorld all kind of get out okay, don't they? Yeah. Yes. For the most that does part. Feel like, like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's are, not like, are there any civilian casualties? No, I don't think so. Sorry, this I don't makes think so. this makes so much no. sense now because something I was going to bring up was: Do you know the people who are caught down under, like in the in yeah. the, the water rise up? I was like, the unsung hero of this film is that like twenty one year old who just has a summer job to go off to college who keeps working, and she is a queen, <laughs> keeping everyone calm. She's unbelievable, better than any Chris Pratt with any of his stupid films, keeping everyone calm. And now I'm like, oh, it's definitely see what being like our tours are unbelievable. Our tour guys are unbelievable. Make sure you put that in. Oh, okay, that makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down too. She yeah. does not stop working. I can't. She just no. keeps going. Yeah. Even under pressure, she's like, it's going to be okay. We're all going to get out of here. Rising. Like, she's probably being paid nothing. There's no point at which she's like, screw you, kid. I'm, I'm getting minimum wage here. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> she's unflappable. It's like overall a good vibes. Uh, <laughs> movie i'm still making my argument for like why five star great. trip advisor rating like when yeah. the shark attacked the staff were nothing but helpful and courteous absolutely like these things happen after all yeah like, you can't um, plan for this um I, I but again like that that's the thing is that like it does it feels weirdly like again a very 1980s movie like right down to the opening credits which seem to be coming right at you kind of like <laughs> superman font style it's um, a- but like Upsetting with the opening credits, how they cover up a lot of the human pyramid. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's really impressive what they're doing. I think a oh, lot absolutely. of the stuff on the water skis is really impressive. Yeah, really impressive. You're like, how are they doing that? And the footage they get of it is great as well. It really shows it off. Um, and I, again, like I do love the title. Was it suggested by the novel Jaws by Peter Benchley? I wrote that down <laughs> too. <laughs> suggested by the novel. What does that mean? Does it say that? Oh my god, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the novel this Jaws also made has you a wonder. Shark, like, yeah. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. These are the only connections that we have. But like Jaws it, was just a suggestion. <laughs> but but the, this is what they came up with. Yeah, exactly. But there, we, there was more to it that we kind of read into about SeaWorld. Why did they just yeah. do based on characters? I don't like. Still well, because John. because the associate the the indication is that like audiences are so invested in in the Brody kids. This is the thing I was wondering. Like, is this set in the future? Because like Mike Brody has had a hell of a spurt between like Jaws two and mm. Jaws three D. Like, if he's suddenly like Dennis Quaid in those five years, it's, it's is quite he also impressive. a doctor. No, I don't know. No, I don't okay. think he no. is. 
He's a marine oh, okay. biologist, no. is he? Is he? Or no, he's an engineer of some kind. Yeah, he I think he's it. more hands-on, more yeah. manual labor. And yeah. It's really odd that, like, after his experiences in Jaws, like, I, Sean's reaction seems much more rational, which is, I'm going to get as far away from the ocean as possible and, like, mm, never yeah. go there. Um, it's really weird that Mike is like, no, I, I feel like I want a job uh, where I'll be in the water or near the water quite Well, possibly. he wants to be his father. That's what but, he wants. But, 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 but like you see, even, you see, his father hates the water. Like his father hated the water even before the shark came. No, but the, the, his, that his father kind of like over o- overcame that and was this like heroic and 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 that that's what um, young Mike wants to embody. You see, when he, like when he's <laughs> when he takes the when he like pushes the guy off the cars. And like knocks over a whole lot of popcorn, and then that is almost a very, that's a very he, uh, Chief Brody move. And um, then food and waste. the kids all run over to eat it. That's my favorite part. They're all like, "Yay, free popcorn!" <laughs> right Only after World kids, exactly. Right, right after that, he almost nails like these two babies who are in this like like little buggy on the on the on the footpath in SeaWorld. He's like driving like crazy and then he's he runs and he just starts ranting. Like he's like Yeah, it's not even clear what he's asking them to do. All you can hear is water. Water and again, like, and again, as as Joey pointed out, like Quaid has come out in recent years and said that he was doing copious amounts of drugs. I mean, there is a nice connection there between like this Jaws three and Jaws the Revenge. In that, if you were to ask Dennis Quaid what it was about, he would say it's about my cocaine. Um, <laughs> but I, and again, I I do think the producers have noted that like that was one of the issues with shooting in Florida because obviously Jaws shot up in Martha's Vineyard uh, for the location work. Jaws 2 sh- alternated between shooting in Martha's Vineyard for the like scenes that were set in the community and then shot down in Florida for the scenes on the ocean because they didn't want people to get pneumonia and because the ocean was warmer and it was easier to shoot in. Here is shot exclusively in Florida. And I think that, that uh, Hitzig, the, the producer, has said, yeah, one of the big issues with shooting in Florida is that everybody in Florida in 1983 had massive amounts of cocaine and that was maybe not conducive to uh, making a movie like this, particularly for uh, Dennis Quaid. But yeah, so maybe maybe that sequence where he's a little bit like, maybe maybe he was tapping in a little bit into that energy uh, that he had there. Um, but uh, Emma, so what is what is Jaws 3 about for you then? Oh, the greed of man, universal, just absolutely following that honey pot or that gold pot. I, yeah, it's just a complete attempt at making money. That's what I see it as. But in terms of like the narrative, like I couldn't, you can't even say it's, tra- it's about trauma or about the kids. It's about, I guess, teamwork. I guess. <laughs> I love teamwork. your resignation. I love, yeah, I love, I love your, <laughs> I guess it has a theme of teamwork Teamwork. (laughs) well it's about like i don't even know like no sorry one thing i will say which is a big part of the plot which i do like is that i do and i think we talked about this previously i do love Kay and michael's relationship that's one of my favorite things i think it's like definitely one the most romantic of the jaws films like you have the like cute fun sexy flirtation between um leia thompson's character kelly and sean and then you have this lovely established relationship between the other two and i my 
biggest pet peeve in any film especially action films is when the central couple don't get together until the very last scene because I'm like oh that's so much like time you could have like you know you're wasting so much time that you could have had them like be happy together so I like the relationship parts of the film so I guess you could say it's about love a mother's (laughs) love for its uh, avenged child or dead child but yeah no it's about it's about greed and money in my eyes I have to say and you should Funny you should mention greed and money because again, like this is a uh, summer. As we're recording this, uh, there's a lot of coverage of the summer of 1982. There's a lot, an argument that like the summer of 1982 was one of the great summers in terms of movie made- making, where you had things like say The Thing and um, Blade Runner releasing the same weekend. You had like you had uh, movies like, for example, Rocky Three coming out. You had movies like Poltergeist coming out. You had movies like um, Conan the Barbarian. Uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, E.T., just this classic slate of blockbuster movies that came out in 1982. Um, And then 1983, which is the year that Jaws 3D is released. As we mentioned, it's the year, arguably, of the threequel. It's the same year that Superman 3 comes out. Uh, It's the same year that Return of the Jedi comes out and makes the most money of the year. But, like, Jaws 3D ends up grossing. It's in the top ten of the year in question. And, like, it's worth taking a look at, like, what that top 10 is or what that top 15 are. They're, like, Return of the Jedi, Flashdance, Trading Places, War Games, Octopussy, Superman 3, Staying Alive, National Lampoon's Vacation, Blue Thunder, Jaws 3D, Porky's 2 the next day, Risky Business, Twilight Zone, Mr. Mom, and Psycho 2. It's a very sequel-heavy kind of box office. It's a point where you can arguably see the sequel approach kind of already, like, running around yeah Yeah. Uh, very much like things that we haven't done for years so things like say staying alive which is the sequel to saturday night fever it's very pitchy (laughs) like very pitchy as in like you see all of those kind of movies coming out of like a you know and obviously all movies do but rather than being like a book that uh, that somebody really fell in love with and it's like I have to make this into a movie it, it, it was a thing of like what if <laughs> like more Saturday porkies. Night Live but like another one and more porkies and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. how about you, you get Hulk Psycho. Hogan <laughs> yeah. sorry um, oh no no sorry I'm thinking of something else <laughs> you loved Psycho from 1960 what if we made a sequel in 1983 Hot 23 years off the presses. This is before they had like a Dali. Um, <laughs> it's like, what if we had, what if we had Grimace at the January 6th? <laughs> right. <laughs> Go make that. Um, but yeah, like, so, and, and again, like this idea of kind of Hollywood inflating because like summer business is up 8%. So like, I think that since uh, 1982, no summer in Hollywood has failed to gross over $1 billion. Uh, but 1983 kind of set the like set a record there. It beat 1982. There is this real sense of like sequels kind of becoming bigger and becoming inflated and becoming massive, and a sense of like you got really lucky in 1982, where even say sequels like, for example, Star Trek II or Rocky Three, they're decent movies. Like Star Trek II is arguably one of the best Star Trek movies. Rocky Three is one of the best Rocky sequels. But it just seems like in 1983, it's like, no, the bill comes due. Hollywood has figured out it can make money off these things. So you get movies like Superman 3, which is what if a Superman movie, but Richard Pryor? Um, <laughs> like like that, that was the pitch. It was like Richard Lester's like, I don't like Superman. They're like, make another Superman movie. It's like, what if it's a Richard Pryor movie? It's like, fine, just call it Superman 3. That's the deal. 
They um, did. They, they, at, at that point, they didn't say, like, can Gene Wilder also be in it? <laughs> um, but that would have of... definitely not been a Superman movie. <laughs> it's like getting less and less kind of about a Superman movie. Just kind of cutting the amount of coverage of like Christopher Reeves in the movie um, as we go on. It's like it's Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman. It's it's Wilder right. and Pryor meet the Superman. Um, go, going back to Emma's point about it being a love story, I liked the 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 stuff with uh, Tate. Is the 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 two fifties uh, P H Moriarty from um, Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, um, his relationship um, <laughs> with, with Philip Fitzroy, Fitzroy. Yeah, Fitzroy. yeah, yeah. You see, like it's Where he's like, 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 like governor, governor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but like when when Fitzroy is gone, he's like he's like Philip. <laughs> yeah, he's like it's pull a the pin. Pull a pin, son. Pull a pin. But it's like, it's a proper unreserved, like, it's not like a match. I really like Moriarty's kind of like reading of that, where it's not like a macho kind of like, it's not like Predator, where these men who are like really macho men get like gutted one by one and they're all like, look at how macho I am. I'm going to stand here stoically. It's like, no, my platonic life partner has been consumed by a shark. Yeah. I am going to cry my heart out on screen like I'm, like I'm, you know, like, Beckin Evita or something. I mean, a musical. Yeah, it's that release. It's that catharsis because there was so much during his life that uh, his far too short life that went unsaid. It's like there were so many things I wanted to. If it's like the best kind of upstairs downstairs well it 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 romance it kind of remind me of you know in the fast show with like ted and ralph <laughs> where where like yeah yeah there, there there's no i i suppose it, it it it's certainly a bromance anyway mm. um yeah but no, and it, it, like it, it, it's prop, but it is properly like emo- You're not expecting absolutely. him like on the ladder to be as emotive as he is, which is I think works really well because it's it's not how these scenes normally play. It was fantastic, which I actually quite enjoyed. Which is odd. I feel like I'm praising Jaws three. It's a very strange feeling. <laughs> but you had to. You had to praise the things that are good about. I, I love it, that. And, I love that Andrew's like more, more praise. <laughs> um, but uh, in like terms the, of you know, they they're they're they're. they're there, there's, there, there's so much to kind of. No, I'm sorry. I know I'm in the minority, but I feel like there's a lot to recommend. <laughs> I, I believe that kind of like, um, and I care about about that connection between those two characters. You know what I mean? And and it's 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 an interesting dynamic. Although it does feel a little bit like it's kind of like teeing up Michael Caine for the next movie where it's like uh-huh. you love this British character actor yeah. in this small role as a man who can possibly hunt sharks well have we got a <laughs> have we got a ticket for you <laughs> guess who what the next Jaws movies actor who just won an Oscar um, is going to be it's not going to be Lou Gossett Jr it's going to be Michael Caine <laughs> I mean it is it is worth noting like in terms of just the movie as a throwback, because we mentioned Richard Matheson is the writer who came up with, like, he was responsible for the SeaWorld concept. He was responsible for the two sharks concept. He was responsible for the idea of, of a mother shark avenging her young and all that sort of stuff. 
Interestingly, you could argue that Jaws 3D is something of a kind of a 50s throwback, even outside of the use of 3D. And and you could argue Matheson never really talked about this. I think Gottlieb has said he's no idea if this is the case, but it's interesting that it worked out this way. The movie is very much structured like a 1950s monster movie. In particular, it borrows the plot structure of two relatively famous monster movies. The first one is Gorgo, which is the famous British answer to Godzilla which is a sentence that I never thought I would utter, in which a bunch of poachers kidnap a monster and take it back to London to exhibit in the zoo, only to realise that they've abducted a baby monster and mummy is very angry, to quote (laughs) Jeff Goldblum from another sequel several years in the future. Um, And then it also borrows the idea of an aquatic monster rampaging through an amusement park, is the plot of, and again, nice segue into like the movie's origins, the revenge of the creature the sequel to the creature from the black lagoon which was itself made in 3d in which the opening act of that movie is the characters taking the creature to a theme park and then the end of the movie is the creature rampaging through the theme park it's kind of interesting that like jaws jaws 3 ends up being this weird kind of like arguably more of a creature feature than i think jaws or jaws 2 were in that this feels kind of sh- as i think schlocky we've used the word schlocky mm, quite a bit yeah. but like w- with the 3d and everything it does feel like it's a throwback to kind of b movies like from the 50s like andrew said i think andrew made the point that like jaws is like one of the best movies ever made it's just like a perfect movie and jaws 2 is a reasonably well-made polished movie with good performances in it and a very carefully considered script jaws 3d is just pure old-fashioned kind of schlock it's the kind of thing that you expect to see on like a double feature uh, on some like 1950s kind of like movie reel where the monster's child has been taken and Mm -hmm. the monster is going to get it back um and it doesn't Mm -hmm. care how many people it does to do it i find that kind of interesting that it like it's completely degenerated into schlock and i don't mean that in a bad way because i don't think there's any way to I don't think you can compete with Spielberg's Jaws. I don't think I don't think it's possible to make a sequel that lives up to that. But uh, sorry, is there anything else we want to talk about? Anything we haven't said already about Jaws 3 or Jaws 3D? Anything jumping out at people? I like the chainmail wetsuit she wears to protect herself. Yeah. That doesn't yes. work because the shark still bites her. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it looks so heavy. I mean, how is that going to help? Her head isn't even covered. Highly impractical. Yeah the, yeah. the best meaty part is out there. Um, I mean... I, I love that the shark, again, the shark, it's, this film is weirdly both intensely graphic, as Andrew said, where you have things like dismembered limbs floating in three dimensions. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, there's a, that famous shot of the arm yeah. of like, is it Overman's arm where it's just floating in, in the, with the like black rotoscope line over it. Oh, so, you know, it's meant to pop up in 3D, <laughs> but also the shark is weirdly non-lethal or like, is it Leia Thompson gets like bitten and yeah, she's pulled out of the water fine. and she's fine yeah or like the bit with and i mean we haven't talked enough about the dolphins so we'll talk about the dolphins in a moment but like the bit where like one of the two dolphins seems to get eaten by the shark but then yeah, it is also there? fine that's what, what happened there? There? Yeah. um when she was calling for it i was like yeah. no it's dead we <laughs> yeah. saw the shark get it and then it just it, it pops just up, up triumphantly what is that? Like one, one of the strangest shots in the movie where like the ratios do not make sense. Where no. again, like 3D rotoscope where the, the dolphins would have to be like the size of your forearm in order for that perspective to work. Where they're leaping out of the water seemingly in front of the two main characters, but also much smaller than the two main characters, which is very disconcerting. 
but yeah, it's it's a very odd choice. But yeah, the dolphins. Do we do we have any thoughts on the dolphins? Can I say in 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 two thousand and four in New Zealand, and I think there there's 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 a lot of like other examples of this of dolphins helping rescue humans from um, shark attacks. Like as oh, yeah. rare as shark attacks are, like dolphins will kind of get in there and um, and help um, a buddy out. Um, I mean, so I I don't think it's too kind of like far fetched. Plus, they're trained dolphins. These ones, like Sandy and Cindy, and I I I, I, I I'm surprised he didn't get like um, Roy Scheider to come back for that because he 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 went on to have all that um, was a sea Quest DSV stuff with like trained dolphins. Um, I guess that maybe got to a point where, yeah, yeah, where where he was like a little bit desperate. Because we, if there's one thing we know about Roy Scheider, it's that he really enjoys the work that he does and <laughs> takes pleasure in doing it every day and never does anything out of any sense of contractual obligation. Yeah. Um, it is like with the dolphins, it's worth noting, by the way, dolphins are apparently more dangerous to sharks than sharks are to dolphins, which is fascinating, mm-hmm. even to great whites. Because, like, dolphins, apparently, they are faster than sharks. They travel in large groups, unlike sharks. So if you attack one dolphin, uh, all the dolphins will attack. They move quicker up and down. They can swim faster, but they can also move up and down, and sharks can't. Um, And also, they have bottle noses. So apparently, sharks, like, dolphins are smart enough to attack the underbelly of great whites, where their organs are most vulnerable. Or, and this is a frankly terrifying image, and you can thank me for putting it into your head, they will just jam their bottle noses into the gills of the sharks and suffocate them. Because oh. um, apparently, like, that's that's a proper takedown move uh, from uh, kind of a... And again, there are stories of, like, Taking great whites... shark to school. Yeah, to th- I like it. Um, there, no peace in this pod. Um, <laughs> but you have the idea of, like... And, like, great whites will flee dolphins. Like, they are terrified of dolphins. Yeah. They'll also flee orcas, because orcas, which are, again, they're from the same school of kind of, like, of dolphins they're like mammals as well but they're the same kind of genus or whatever but apparently like orcas when they decide they want to feed on sharks they will use their tail fins to flip great whites upside down at which point great whites cannot swim like if you put a shark upside down it cannot swim and then they will just devour it at their own leisure Uh. so yeah apparently despite what Jaws 3D would have you think um, apparently sharks have much more to fear from dolphins and other aquatic mammals than those mammals do from sharks sharks really got a bum rap when it comes to pr god the shark does advance quite slowly though so the the dolphins do have a lot of time to get in there and get them away like when the shark's chasing in inverted commas like it's going so slow it's going so slow like you know come on sorry like you know those dolphins are grand (laughs) it's so slow (laughs) Yeah, like, but did, sorry. Do you also notice as well? And I know this happens in Deep Blue Sea, but they made they address it in this film. The shark just swims backwards. Swims backwards. I wrote that down. I know because in Deep Blue Sea, they're backwards. like, it's swimming backwards, and you're like, oh my god, sharks can't do that. And you always remember that. So in this one, she's this just why like, you don't give sharks Alzheimer medication. <laughs> exactly. It makes their brains bigger. Yeah, and they're faster. <laughs> and they're strong. And they're going to eat everyone. But in this one, she's just like, oh, I'm stuck in the tunnel. Let me just maneuver my oh, way yeah, out. Yeah, just go back. Yeah, she's literally doing that. Like, she literally just waddles out. She's like a turtle. She looks like my turtle when she gets stuck in the side of her tank. She just kind of wiggles her butt. Yeah. <laughs> she goes. Sharks can do like super, um, like um, 
I was going to say superhuman, super sharp. <laughs> um, things when 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 they're when when their children when they're are threatened. threatened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When the yeah, adrenaline yeah. gets coursing, you don't. It's know, like, like the, can... the the mother that lifts up the car yeah. when when her child is, is underneath it. Well, it was very um, sad when that when that poor shark died. I mean, uh, and that was a very unconvincing model, so it didn't look like it was alive anyway. Yeah. But when she was like trying to flip it over and she was like, it's okay, it's okay. And everyone was just watching really yeah. hungrily. The kid yeah. was crying. Yeah, like, right. I would have been that kid. I would have been going, no. It was traumatic. <laughs> it was so sad. She jumped in with all her clothes on. She didn't care if it was like faking her out because it wanted to eat her. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, <laughs> exactly. oh no. I was like, don't get in there. <laughs> and then and, it gets her in the face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sharks is playing dead. Shark knows what you're going to do. It's counting on you to flip it back over onto its normal, onto its belly, and then it can get. And to then it. it'll strike. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, do we do we feel a bit? I I think we feel sorry as well for 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 the mother shark. Um, yes, yeah. kind of came, I think this movie doesn't have any villains really. Um, which which, which is uh, an interesting which, way of looking at a Jaws movie. Yeah. Well, as yeah. Darren said, you're expecting Bouchard to be the villain, and then he turns out to be quite heroic, or at least a decent guy. <laughs> It's, it's so, same with Fitzroy's. Like, I, yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. there's no mad scientist like in Deep Blue Sea. Like there's nobody going, <laughs> ha ha ha, yeah. we have to keep SeaWorld open. Like once it goes wrong, everyone says, oh my God, we have to evacuate. We have to get everybody out. Like there's no... Get everybody the to beach. the merch stores. Get everybody to yeah. the merch stores. Yeah. Everybody a single file line. <laughs> Which is but you know, there's no don't close the beach nonsense. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just... This has gone wrong. We need to get everybody to safety. And then also we need to kill this shark, which I don't agree with. You shouldn't kill the shark. You know, when people kill the shark, when they're like, oh, the sharks attack someone in Australia. That's the shark's home. That's where the shark lives. The shark didn't come into your house and kill you. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't come where you were watching friends and just went, you know what I mean? Like you went out there. So leave it alone. Just don't go out there. I wouldn't go out there. It's where the shark lives. Or go go out there, but like, but be, be careful. Be, yeah. Be willing to roll the dice. Exactly. You might get eaten and it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody to blame but yourself. It's like, you know, um, life, life, um, life on the sea is dangerous proposition. Um, it's a, a cruel maiden. Um, but but in terms of kind of just just other stuff kind of jumping out about the film, is there anything jumping out at you guys in terms of just? Oh, I suppose we should mention coming at inf- you. Coming at you. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> what we should mention. The moment, the most infamous moment in Jaws 3D, on top of like the disappearing yellow submarine, for example, <laughs> the moment where the shark moves very slowly, but with its, as we pointed out, the model is working. So its jaw is like not closing fully, but closing slowly. Yeah. And it's kind of like moving like a torpedo towards the screen and like shatters the glass <laughs> in glorious rotoscope three dimensional 2D. <laughs> It is certainly a moment. And it's, it's one of those things where I think like Elves himself has said, I don't know if that's the moment why everybody hates the movie, but it feels like that's a moment why everybody hates the movie. The moment where it just kind of like smashes through the glass. And it's, it's an effect that, again, looks like something from the 50s, inexplicably. If even. And this is 1983. Yeah. It looks like a drawing from like the 1800s. It is 
hilarious. But well, Deep Blue Sea does it better because Deep Blue Sea, he throws the guy, the shark, she, I think all those sharks are women too, yeah. throws poor Stellan Skarsgård against the glass that to break it. That is such a good scene. Oh. It's so scary. When he's in the mouth, that shot when he's coming towards the, oh my God, it yeah. still freaks me out. Oh, I it's couldn't brilliant. watch him getting his arm bit off for so many years. Oh, oh my God. Oh. It's so visceral. But um, also something that... Unlike I- this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this where it's like do 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 plop. And like we were just so talking much... about how, how sharks were mostly armless. Yeah. <laughs> they have so much time they to do. run away as well. Yeah. <laughs> there there is a part of the movie where people really uh, do not appreciate the gravity of the situation at all. Like they're they're like, yeah, let's let's go look for him. Where should we look? Let's let's look underwater. Yes. <laughs> like, it, it, at that point, it's like, oh, so you know he's dead. <laughs> you know, like you think he's been underwater like all night, skiving off. He's work. still there the following day. He's just exactly. there with all of the air, <laughs> with all like, the oxygen tank, just checking his watch. Um, I wonder if someone's coming for me soon. Like watching a portable TV underwater. It's like ah, but this is the best, easiest way to skive off work. I'm going to log so much overtime for this. But also, but their plan to lure the shark as well. And someone actually says, what if she doesn't want to go back in there? Like, yeah, that's a good question. What if the shark doesn't want to go back in the hole it was just in a minute ago? Like, how stupid do you think she is? Ooh, I'll just go back in here. There are, to be fair, the movie does have some script. Like, there are a number of really awkward and terrible lines. Like, there's the moment after they capture the baby shark where I think that it's something like um, the, the, the kind of the the uh, character played by uh, Lou Gossett Jr. Calvin. He's like, or yeah, sorry, Calvin. He's like, uh, it looked pretty hairy down there. And then uh, Mike Brody goes, yeah, it looked pretty hairy down here too. And you're like, that, that's, that, no, if you're writing that line, it's, it looked pretty hairy from up here. <laughs> and then the response is, it looked pretty hairy from down here too. Yeah. yeah. That's the line. It's, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff here that feels like oddly first drafty in the movie, which is kind of interesting. Which is Uh, why it's impressive that like some of them sell it so hard, especially like the lead actress. Like she just, you really believe her. You believe that she really works there and she really cares and she really wants to save that shark and she really loves Dennis Quaid. (laughs) (laughs) I like like that that's the biggest ask for for Joey there. It's like, like, I, I can buy her as a marine biologist. I can buy her as somebody who wants to save a shark. Can I buy her as somebody who truly loves Dennis Quaid? Well, he keeps trying to get her to leave. And she's like, I don't want to leave. I live in here. <laughs> like, I love Florida. Um, I do I do like, by the way, that again, we mentioned this idea of kind of teamwork. I do like that at the end, it's not just her giving in to him. Yeah. Yes. It's like, he's like, I want to go to Venezuela. And she's like, okay, I'll go to Venezuela. Yeah. It's like, I'll go to Venezuela. But then a year afterwards, we're doing what I say. Yeah. yeah. Because exactly. as Andrew said... This is a movie about teamwork. I love that we've managed to suggest that Jaws 3 has a solid, consistent theme that works through all of the movie's levels. And love. Don't forget love. And, and love. 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 It is, and it love is means love respect. And, yeah. and love is teamwork. What is love but, but teamwork, exactly. really? Yeah. Like, it felt like a very kind of almost kind of like contemporary or enlightened kind of um, love story. The way they, they were they were both willing to kind of, you know... Um, to compromise. Yeah, 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 and to be yeah, it's like true partners, which movies from even like the nineties and 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 more recently than that, but certainly the eighties don't really seem to. Kind well, of, I mean, like um, not not to put too fine a point on this. It's weird that we keep coming back to the Jurassic Park movies, but like the Jurassic World 
its arc for its chief female character played by Bryce Dallas Howard is she's a career woman who doesn't want kids. And over the course of the movie, she learns that she needs to want kids and she should yep. want kids and she should give up her career and her career is threatening to murder kids that she didn't want, but now she knows that she needs. Like Jurassic World is, is again, this is a movie from 2015. Yeah. And it, it feels less progressive than Jaws 3D yeah. going, okay, I'll go to Venezuela for with a year. And then it's like, but then we're doing what I want to do. But no mention yeah. of marriage. No mention of marriage or kids. But compare it even to Ellie Sattler. The fact that Ellie Sattler's like, I want kids. If you don't want kids, we're not going to be together. And then she goes yeah. off and she has her kids and she has her life. And then they, you know, they find their way back to each other once he's willing to acknowledge what he should have done in the first place. Yeah. Like even that was more progressive and it's in the same franchise. Like it just, how yeah. does that make any sense? All right, then. Is there anything else we haven't talked about? Anything we want to discuss about Jaws 3D? Anything jumping out at Emma, Joey, Andrew? One thing I want to point out because it really annoys me. So do you know that, you know that like really, how Fitzroy's death is really like famous like he's literally getting swallowed he's, he's not even inside the shark so then mm. he's inside the shark so that scene does freak me out but then he goes yeah. and he eats calvin's nephew and then what do you know he's able to swallow calvin's nephew but fitzroyce is still there sleeping in the mouth like someone <laughs> explain that to me i thought he was still alive when i watched it this time i actually i was like sorry is he still alive is he because he looks like his eyes are open and then he has the grenade in his hand and he's like being very helpful i was like pull him out i don't what's going on it's like i'm dead but somehow i can clench my hand really conveniently i think he's alive I think he's worse alive. than death is like just being alive inside a shark. i think he is alive yeah it is and worse than death He's the true hero of it because yeah. he gives, he gives, he, um, he sacrifices um, himself. Yeah, yeah. He blows himself up at the end, like, like I'm, Christ. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like Christ. Christ, Christ yeah. blew himself up on the cross for our sins and redeemed mankind. <laughs> yeah. um, I do love, by the way, that yeah, if he's alive, exactly. though, surely he can do something more helpful than hold out the grenade <laughs> with one hand, waiting for somebody to hook a needle into it. He could, like, maybe take he out his He doesn't want to take all the glory. <laughs> Um, and of course that great like exploding shark shot oh, where the Jesus. sharks like jaw bones fly outwards at the screen which again is another obvious 3D moment but which maybe doesn't have the same impact in two dimensions very poor no it, it's it, bad it is bad it, it is indeed alright so Joey Andrew anything you guys want to say anything we haven't discussed already jumping out at you in, with regards to Jaws 3D no I don't think so I did find it hard to place Fitzroy's accent I, I thought know. his accent went in and out. I was like, is this Steve Irwin showing up at this time? Yeah, I was like, I, I kinda, <laughs> yeah. He kind of reminded true. me of Chris Hemsworth as well. He had like a little Chris Hemsworth vibe going on there. Yeah. And I was thinking, is he supposed to be an Aussie? What's happening? And then he was like, come like, fly me. <laughs> well, when he's getting ready to go in the water, I think he's doing like a an exercise where he's trying to calm himself down. I could li- listen. It was like, brown bright governor, brown bright governor. And I was like, oh my God, they literally like did not consult any British person on this film. Which, which is obviously funny for us. It, I yeah. enjoy Brits looking stupid. Absolutely. And being killed. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was very confusing. Yeah. The, like, the actor is British, Simon McCorkendale. I mean, he's not just manimal, he's, he's that's British. That's shocking that's to bizarre. me. That's bizarre. That is bizarre. No, that's shocking yeah. to me, genuinely. They're, they're both British, aren't they? Yep, yep. P.H. Moriarty is as well, but yeah. Um, I do love the idea of P.H. Moriarty being British and just kind of standing there while an, while an American actor does brown bread. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> this is an accurate portrayal of my culture. Um, 
But did, yes, yes. He did is. anyone hear the shark growl? Yes. Yeah. I wanted to yeah. talk about that. What is that about? Yeah, it's not supposed to. It's not a gator. <laughs> and also when it's running to, when it's, when it's running, when it's swimming to like poke its nose, it is kind of like, it looks like it's hissing. Like they really were like, like they should have just made a, a film about a lion. Because that's what it wants. Like it, there's a roar and it kind of looks like it's hissing. It makes no sense. Well, there's that movie coming out with Idris Elba fighting a Beast, lion. Yes. That looks rad. <laughs> I'm into that. I am entirely on board with. Like, yep. the lions are the sharks of the land. Yeah, they are. They're so scary. They're so scary. I mean, again, it has very much like Ghost in the Darkness kind of vibes to it, where it's like, what if a lion was a serial killer? And it's like, I like both of those types of movies. So, yeah, <laughs> sign me up for it. Uh, it was another thing we experienced on that trip to South Africa. Is uh, kind of being frightened by a lion as well. Jesus. Well, um, it, it's it's um, it's well, it's it's just the thing of 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 being kind of like on a like a, on a nature reserve, uh, um, in a jeep, and then it's like, oh, <laughs> 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 uh, we'd 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 better go. I think that lion's getting annoyed. <laughs> We've overstayed, We've overstayed our, our welcome. welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and okay, and just as a bit of closure, talking about Jaws 3D, just to wrap it all up, it's worth noting that Universal President, who was Tom Mount, which is a great name, I love mm-hmm. Tom Mount as a name, mm-hmm. um, was apparently very suddenly let go um, in November 1983, because apparently Universal were not particularly happy with their slate of summer releases. In 1982, they'd released E.T. the Extraterrestrial, the most successful movie of all time. But their biggest releases in 1983 were Psycho 2 and Jaws 3, which while they performed reasonably well financially at the box office, apparently the studio was so embarrassed by them that they fired President Tom Mount. Uh, You'll notice that Sid Sheinberg remains and will be a key player when we talk tomorrow about Jaws, the revenge. All right, so nothing else to talk about with regards to Jaws 3D? Nothing jumping out at anybody? All right, then. What we normally do at the end of the podcast is we ask our guests to recommend something, something for listeners, something they're enjoying at the moment. It could be something related to the podcast, something unrelated to the podcast, just something that brings you a little bit of joy in these uncertain times. So to give Emma and Joey a chance to think about it, I'm going to ask Andrew to go first. Uh, you mentioned Jaws Tree uh, Human Snail um, at the beginning and that kind of meta kind of idea that they had for a... Um, Jaws uh, sequel. I recently watched um, Matrix uh, Resurrection, yeah. which yeah. which which I uh, thought was fantastic. I think it's the kind of response to it has been mixed. I've heard people say that the action isn't great. I thought it was fantastic. We're talking um, about a love story. That's a proper love absolutely. story. Absolutely. I percent. I don't care about the Matrix, and I bawled in the cinema. Yeah, that's yeah. it's my mom's favorite Matrix movie. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I, I love it as well. I think it's, it's genuinely great. Yeah, and I think she's right, and and it gives um, more to um, those uh, characters of Trinity and even arguably uh, Morpheus than than the um, than the sequel. Certainly, Revolutions mm. um, uh, g- g- gives to those characters. And it's also it, it 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 it's such an interesting kind of like interrogation of storytelling. But of of kind of fiction in general, and kind of 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 that kind of like dichotomy between like the the like fiction and the truth, and trying to escape from a fiction 
to the truth, but also the 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 the, the comfort of fiction and of returning to 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 these kind of like imaginary worlds. Um, I I I I thought it was terrific. Um, yeah, I have to admit, I was quite anxious what you think about it. I I loved it on reserve. I think it was one of my favorite movies of last year. So I was kind of anxious that you're going to show up and say you hated it. So I'm actually really no, and it. like the 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 whole like I I actually I, I I won't I won't go into kind of details of it, but the the that whole idea of like resurrecting things like of of of, of, of oh no, it's a movie about making a Matrix movie twenty exactly. years after you made one hundred percent movie like mm-hmm. like not. It's not. It's very it's much not like subtle. Lana Wachowski. Yeah, no, it's not subtle. Yeah. About it. Like Lana Wachowski has been very candid that she was told by that Warner was going to make a Matrix movie with or without her, and that exactly. is largely why we ended up with the movie that we did. And you can w- tell Warner that, like, Brothers are literally like a character in the movie. Yeah, and it, the, it's, our, our it's beloved not, parent not, company, Warner like Brothers, is a job. line. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and like not, not to get too spoilery, like completely out of context, like this isn't a particular spoiler, but the final scene of the movie I love because it features like Lana Wachowski's stand in character basically saying you gave me like one hundred and sixty million dollars. What did you think I was going to do except do exactly what I did with the one hundred and sixty million dollars that you gave me? Uh, which I kind of, I kind of love. I, I absolutely adore that. Sorry, Andrew. Sorry for cutting in there, but yeah, no, I, I, no, I would no. second that recommendation. Excellent. Yeah, I also watched. Um, I against my better judgment, I'm kind of um, uh, starting to fill in some of the Marvel stuff that I haven't seen. Oh, boo. homework, homework. Boo. No, it's hard. Boo. It's it, it's tough. It's yeah, because it sucks. It's, it it's not it, it's not great. Now it has its moments. I've, I've, uh, um, I was watching uh, Shang Chi, and I thought some, some of the like obligatory beams uh, blasting into other coloured beams that you see mm-hmm. in all of these Marvel movies was a little better done. And I think some of the kind of martial arts, one scene in particular was 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 quite terrific, where it kind of reminded me of um, uh, like uh, Jackie Chan kind of. Hong yes. Kong kung fu movies, fighting and um, scaffolding. I'm guessing is that the sequence? No, actually, no. I did. I did think it was the earlier kind of the, like the the bus, the, the, bus the, the bus scene, which is a be- better better than the um, kind of uh, 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 nobody um, um, kind of Bob Odenkirk scene, which I was really disappointed with. Actually, that, oh, okay, that, I that, quite that, like the nobody scene. Well, no, no, sorry, sorry. The, 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 the scene, the 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 scene was decent, but the movie was disappointing. As in, it did just feel like this kind of like like and, um. You get a John Wick movie, and you get a John Wick movie, and you. Well, get yeah, a John if Wick it, movie. It, it like it did feel like a bit of like a um, right wing fantasy kind of, um, but also sort of just the idea of like lads like to go out and fight. Um, which I I can kind of like understand because like because of like being a like a product of violence in school, like and and that that kind of like stays with you and then you grow up and and you want to be kind of anyway no I didn't think that was a good movie nobody <laughs> I thought it was kind of in in, in um, indulgent yeah uh, um, but so, sorry um, Shang Chi I thought had its moments also had uh, like you know. But but definitely Matrix Resurrection. Um, and Joey, what would you recommend? What are you enjoying at the moment? 
I just rewatched Crawl, which is mm. a creature feature about an alligator, and it's so good. so good. It's still so good. It's still so scary. Like I can never remember exactly when the gator first pops out from behind the stairs. So if you're looking for a good creature feature, that's a great one. It's, it's Alexandra Aja directing, isn't it? And it is. Uh, yeah, Cariolas. Kaya Scotillaria. Yeah, it's and Barry I, Pepper. Yes, good old Barry Pepper. I remember seeing it at Fright Fest for the first time and I actually lifted my feet up off the floor, which is the mark, I think, of a good creature feature is that you're afraid, even though there's no water, you're afraid (laughs) that your feet are in the water. Uh, Also, I went this entire podcast without mentioning that I've got a tattoo of a shark eating a slice of pizza on my arm and I've got another one of a shark wearing a sailor hat. Oh my God! (laughs) I think I can only show you the pizza one because the other one's too far up. Can you see oh that? Oh my God, that's insane. Oh, wow. wow. That's so good. Is that wet pizza? Well, see, this is, is, I think this is a dry shark. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like, there's an ongoing debate about whether it's jumping out of the sea with the pizza in its mouth or if it's swimming with the pizza in its mouth. I think it's kind of dripping cheese. Yeah. But yeah, it just occurred to me. I was like, Great whites can jump, can, can't jump three meters out of water. Just... In case you weren't scared enough, they can jump three meters. Out. I've seen them jump to like eat birds and oh, stuff. Oh, so scary! It's so frightening. It's terrifying. I love, but protect sharks. Sharks are endangered, and they're yeah. beautiful. The great whites are beautiful prehistoric creatures. We need to leave them alone and let them flourish. Mm. Absolutely, it's a bit of shark conservation yeah. there. Andrew knows no, he's one... seen them. Exactly, <laughs> he's seen them close. Yeah. <laughs> they're beautiful, yeah. right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, they are terrifying. So are we. Well, they don't really like the taste of us, right? Yeah, no, that, that came so. up with a bit of a jaws too, where it's like they bite to see what it is and then they won't finish. Like, what, what kills you if you're eaten right. by or attacked by a great white is that blood loss because yeah. blood loss you're right, in yeah. the ocean. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the, the only, like, humans generally don't taste very good because, like, for the most part, we're omnivores. Mostly microplastics. And, yeah, we're like uh, fast yeah. food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and we tend to live, like, too long to be kind of tasty. Like, the only animals that find us um, tasty are house cats. Um, they're, they're, they're always eating humans. Yeah. <laughs> they, they can't wait <laughs> until, like, their human passes away. Just, Sitting there staring at you thinking, they'll be ready soon. Yeah. Soon. If you've got <laughs> many cats, after you die, they will fight over like which which bits gets the which of them gets which one the gets lips. the juicy bit. Yeah, which one gets the eyes. Yeah. I don't want to know what bit that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So on, on that nice segue, Emma, what would you recommend? What are you enjoying? Um what's but talking about Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan, I've been really enjoying the boys, which obviously stars their son, Jack Quaid, who at this I I'd seen him pop up in some random horror film and I was like, oh, another he was in scream was it five, five? No, that is not scream? a random horror no, film. no 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 jesus no i i would never refer to scream five sorry i think it was called like the tragedy girls of some high school kind of slasher um, oh probably. i love tragedy girls no, it was good. sorry it just was random but it, no it is oh, I good love it. um but i was like oh god it's, it's no jaws three it's no jo- yeah no jaws no, it's definitely oh well no, very is- few films are but he's Jack Wade is great too. He's he, a great he, actor. He was on comedy Bang Bang, and he was yeah. he was very good good sport. Like he was very kind of like he got into the whole kind of like um, um, uh, vibe of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm enjoying the boys. But another thing that I think is an absolute must listen to if you're a Jaws fan, and I was had the privilege of seeing it live. Was I don't know if you guys heard of uh, film reads. 
Um, it's by this company. Oh, Dream Gun. Dream Gun. Dream Gun. And they. Oh. Yes. So one of the guys is from Kilkenny who founded it, and I got to interview him for like the local paper in Kilkenny because I'm from Kilkenny but I got to just go to the cat laughs to see them do Jaws live with Alison Spittle um, Jack Leeson from Game of Thrones and Dara O'Brien as Jaws the shark oh my God. it was <laughs> magnificent and they recorded it and it's on the pot and it's on their podcast and it is hilarious like basically the concept is that they kind of rewrite the film a little bit they add in their jokes and they do a reading of the film with everyone doing their characters and it's just hilarious. So if you love Jaws, you'll absolutely love this. Highly recommend. It's terrific. It's a, it's a great podcast. It's brilliant. Yeah. They're unbelievable. They do like... Um, they do The Matrix. The Home Alone one. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. In terms of recommendations for myself, I should have recommended this last time, but uh, in terms of other Spielberg movies that spawned unnecessary franchises that have sequels that are of questionable quality... I rewatched the uh, Jurassic Park franchise recently and it's left me feeling a lot better about the Jaws movies that we're watching. Uh, but I will say that I actually really like The Lost World. Um, the Lost World is a stunningly nasty sequel. It is a deeply, deeply unpleasant movie. It's Spielberg doing what he does with sequels, which is almost resenting the audience for the fact that he has to make this movie mm. and then constructing a movie that is in many ways about like how creatively bankrupt it is to go back to something that was a source of wonder and try and turn it into something mass produced and franchisable. And The Lost World is like a stunningly bitter blockbuster, which I absolutely adore about it. It's it's so mean spirited, like the Richard Schiff getting torn up by Taffy. Um, the fact that like you have what's bigger than one T-Rex? two t-rexes and the idea that you replace like richard you know you replace sorry john hammond with like his like alcoholic nephew who's like i want to franchise this and build theme parks and the movie's like just eat eat the humans there is no wonder there is no majesty they all deserve to die bloody horrible deaths and the streams of this island should run red with their blood which is kind of like not what you expect from a spielberg blockbuster so i really really enjoyed that and then also i think joey singled it out uh earlier on i am not a shark exploitation expert i don't have the same depth of knowledge uh-uh. <laughs> um, but I really loved The Shallows I oh, think The so Shallows yeah. uh, is a, a phenomenal example of the shark exploitation genre um, so I would wholeheartedly recommend that if you haven't seen it and if you're looking for a bit more Jaws in your life we should also mention that uh, Lou Gossett Jr. who appears in here has previous uh, shark exploitation cred he had appeared in The Deep in 1977 which oh. was one of the first Jaws ripoffs so he kind of like got to join the main franchise which is good oh. alright so if listeners are looking for a bit more Joey a bit more Emma in their lives where can they find you so Emma where you at what are you up to I'm a features editor at Collider so I feel like I've said said it the same way for every podcast I'll try to shake it up but it's on a website and we do cover all sorts of reviews and features on film TV and video games and I write a bit for there as well so you can see any of my stuff up there <laughs> perfect and Joey where you at watch up to um, I'm a freelance film critic so you can follow all my stuff on Twitter probably the easiest way to follow it so it's at Joey LDG I'm on there but yeah I write for a lot of horror sites <laughs> unsurprisingly <laughs> Um, and we will be back tomorrow we'll, where we'll be covering Jaws the Revenge. Emma will be joining us for the fourth and final installment in the epic Jaws trilogy. Uh, joining us for that discussion, we hope, will be the fantastic Jay Coyle. We're going to see if we can convince Billie Jean Doheny to join us as well. That'll be tomorrow on Friday, wrapping up our Shark Week. But don't worry, because Saturday is going to be Shack Week. We'll be talking about Steel with the fantastic Niall Glynn, the wonderful Graham Day. Take care. And, see you tomorrow. The incomparable Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> okay.
Dan Drew, okay. We did, we're, Sorry. Doing, we're doing five episodes this week Didn't because you suggested it. I don't think I can get Shaq. I think there are limits to my ability to organize. He doesn't have Irish roots. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. See you guys. Perfect. See you all right. Guys. Thank you so much, Thanks guys. So much. Bye.